now the sadness begins. There's nothing. Nothing till I was I was already sad. Yeah, I was too, but at least we had a football game. Like I I, I know I didn't care, but at least it was football. I mean, look, man, you know, you feel really bad for people in, like, baseball cities that are irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like, Boston, right? Like, God, those... <laughs> it's just got to suck to be in a Kansas place like City, that. Kansas City, they don't have a baseball right? team either. Nah, Kansas City's on the come up. And projected to win, like, 74 games this year. Big jump. Probably the biggest jump of anyone, I guess, right? Uh, I think they were the projected to have the biggest jump of anybody. <sighs> We at least have that going for us, unlike those those sad Fs in Anaheim. <laughs> Places like that where baseball season never really begins, you know? <sighs> trying to think of how many other cities there are where baseball doesn't really matter. Detroit. Baseball season never really going to start in Detroit this year, I don't think. Maybe the Chicago teams of the Cubs might be good. Maybe, um, maybe yeah, that yeah, Cubs yeah, could be they good. Got a, uh, yeah, gosh, yeah, they did get somebody. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't remember who it was either. It's what it is. We've been, it's been football for a long time. <sighs> uh, so. Imanaga, right? Should right? Should have Imanaga. Right. Should be pretty good. <sighs> I miss you, football. <laughs> Already, really? I miss you're you. Just, I missed football. Out? I missed football weeks ago. When I get like the first Saturday night where there's no football, I miss you. Please come back to me. Like, we'll, we'll look. By the way, good morning. Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Hi. Hi. Did you uh, grab the logs? Um, I will. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Today's show is uh, brought to you by, I have to guess what's not scheduled for the first break. That's the, normally I like to look to see what commercials are scheduled in the first break and then. Uh, like, I wanted to tell everybody today about Superbook because despite the fact the football season is over, Superbook is still where you're going to go to get all of the action on all of the things that we care totally just as much about. Like, for example, you obviously care a ton this week about the NBA All-Star Game. Ooh. And they'll have lots of lines available for you at Superbook. I don't think any of them are up yet because the festivities don't start until this weekend. I guess so I guess the over what 300 points like that's 300 like 350. Three, yeah. yeah. I mean, for God's sake. They got rid of the Elam ending and why not? Because it was the only good thing about the All-Star game. So why not get rid of the Elam ending? The one thing that actually mattered. Go ahead and do that. Sure. Why not? Christ. Christ. Um, it's it's what it is. Towson tonight is in action. Nine o'clock. They're at home. They are favored by eleven and a half against Elon, despite the fact that they have struggled of late. Towson needs a win. Eleven and a half point favorites at home tonight against Elon. National TV game. If you want to feel something about that, go ahead. Get over to Superbook. Download the app. Go to Superbook.com. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose from Superbook. All right. Uh, There was a football contest of some sort last night. I am to understand that the Kansas City Chiefs were victorious in said contest. I was really mostly just watching for the commercials. but Not even good anymore. Like, why would you do that? some good ones. I still watch them. 
which is awkward when you need to go to the bathroom. Right, exactly. Like, I was like, when the, do I go? You, get, you, was, you go when the game comes back. It was on. like right when a fourth down's about to start. It's like, okay, I don't need to see the punts. Right. Well, actually, you did because we bet on the punt. Yeah, well, well, yeah, fortunately, need, the, 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 the bomb over, came early. The over hit, so yeah, you were good. hit early. He had that 61 yard. I, I, like I actually don't know who won our contest, so we'll get into that a little okay. bit later. I put on. it in the Excel sheet if you want. Oh, to you did? Yeah. It wasn't there when I had looked previously. Um. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I did it this morning. Well, do you understand? We had that. We have to pay both sides of the one. We have to pay right. both sides of the national anthem because there's quite, yes. quite the controversy. Yes. <laughs> Old Reba decided she was going to sing make of lyrics. So Jeremy tells me that we should only pay the under because the song ends at the first brave. For what it's worth, I don't think it's going to affect our contest. I I hope that's the case. Yeah. I hope that's that proves to be correct because I don't care for the controversy. Um, but yeah, because, well cuz I did, you know, I did some side action with my friend and mm. I was very heavy on the under, so I You were very heavy on the under on the anthem. Yeah. And so Well, how are you guys handling it? I I well, once it happened, I was like, what is, I couldn't believe cuz we I was timing it myself obviously and right. as and then she did that through that second brave in there. I was like, all right, well, I I was prepared to accept my loss, and I and I did. I, I paid up. I paid up to my friend. Ooh, so I may I may go I, back and be like, hold on, dude. I, I see. Ah, oh, that's great. I I love who lost. That makes me. I mean, like it's it's almost kind of sweet. Like Andrew had such a nice. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later on. He's not the only one. Multiple losers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like I don't have a whole lot to say. I'm writing a column today. I don't know if it's already up at PressBoxOnline.com or not. If it's not, it'll be there eventually. I'd like to hope. Unless today's the day that it's all over. That would be weird. Like, what a weird bit that would be. If they were just like, yeah, by the way, today. Remember? Because it was a long one. I was I started out, it was going to be 58 thoughts, and I, I was honest that I was never going to get to 58, so I think it was something like 20. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what, what actually mattered to me. All right. I'm, I'm going to basically read you my column more or less. Cool. Uh, all right. The Chiefs. We start with them. They're zombies. Oh, by the way, I should say what's coming up on the show. Jason Cole joins us later on this hour, longtime NFL writer, 33rd team. He wrote a piece last week about uh, the best being yet to come for Lamar Jackson. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, legendary documentarian Ken Burns. Yes, the man who did, like, baseball. Yeah. Like, that's the great thing about Ken Burns documentaries is that, like, they are so definitive that they don't have to say something like jazz in the Stone Age or like it's just jazz. <laughs> he literally gets to own baseball. That's it. Just baseball. Civil War. Things along those lines. Crab Rangoons. Things of that nature. We'll talk to Ken Burns. You say, what, does he have some sort of new documentary coming out? One, probably. <laughs> I don't know. But he is Ken Burns after all. He probably does. What I know is that he is close friends with David Rubenstein. Very interesting. The incoming owner of the Baltimore Orioles. So what can we expect? What should we know about David Rubenstein? His good friend Ken Burns is going to tell us. And Ken Burns also knows a thing or two about baseball. So seemed like a pretty intelligent guest to bring on today. Jeremy Kahn will join us this morning as well. All right, uh, thoughts. Chiefs or zombies? That's 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 the thing. Were they overwhelming? Not at all. Were they the best team in football? Probably not. I think we all know who that was. Chris Jones even admitted it. Yeah, he did. I saw that after yeah. the game. He said the Ravens were the best team. 
Um, they're just zombies. And it goes back to, I don't remember who the guest that we had on was that said they're the most opportunistic team in football. Like, they're the team that you you make mistakes, they're going to make you pay. And it's not even like the 49ers made a ton of mistakes. The Chiefs were the one turning the ball over. I mean, the 49ers did have the one early yeah, the, fumble. Yeah. Uh, and that punt. Uh, where they, oh, they, they dropped the punt. That's yeah. a great point. Right, yeah, dropping the punt. Yeah. We're not well, dropping well, yeah, it. Yeah, it I mean, kinda... it was deflected and then – but that turned the game, mm-hmm. right? Like, in that moment, the Chiefs were doing nothing, nothing offensively. And then all of a sudden, that one play changed everything. They're the most opportunistic team in football. They're not without flaw. They're not perfect. They're opportunistic as hell. It's who they are. Um, you allow them to hang around, they're going to take advantage of you. You have to drive the stake into the heart of the Kansas City Chiefs. Give Kyle Shanahan credit, right? Like, going forward and forth down felt like him recognizing that. Like, we can't pussyfoot around here. We want to win. We have to drive the stake into the heart. But they couldn't fully do it. And it allowed the Chiefs to figure out a way to win another Super Bowl. And, the you know, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes now having three before his 29th birthday, and that's that possibility exists as insane as it is. We have to recognize that. Like, this dude could keep winning Super Bowls. He could. It would suck, but he could. And if he does, then we're going to get to a point where we're going to start comparing him to Tom Brady and Tom Brady's accomplishments. And the truth is, Patrick Mahomes is a more skilled quarterback than Tom Brady was. Tom Brady was a more cerebral later in his career and the most accomplished quarterback of all time. But from a pure skill standpoint, Patrick Mahomes can do things that Tom Brady could never dream of. And there's nothing from a skill perspective that Tom Brady could do that Patrick Mahomes couldn't. So if Patrick Mahomes flirts with Tom Brady's accomplishments, then there's going to be a quite compelling argument about him as the greatest quarterback of all time. We're not there, but we are certainly on that path. Um, could they three-peat? I know Travis Kelsey was talking about that after the game. Wait, they're off. so lucky that they won that game so that nobody's going to ever talk about Travis Kelsey going after Andy oh Reid on the sideline. I don't blame A.J. Brown. I don't blame some of the black players that responded the way that they did, and they're a 1,000% right. Our – like, this is where you don't want to – the people that want to believe that racism doesn't exist, this – good on every black player who stood up and said something on Twitter. One billion percent. Black wide receiver does the same thing. They're an embarrassment. They they should be off the team. This, this is a distraction a team can't handle. We are, it's, it is embarrassing the way that we respond to these things. Now, I don't think Travis Kelsey should be thrown off the team. I don't think he should have benched for the rest of the game. I think that we should keep it in our pants when we see black players doing the same thing. These things happen. People get emotional on the sidelines. 
Remember the thing with Stefan Diggs when they had to play that game in Detroit a couple years ago? Him and Sean McDermott? Who, yeah, what a reasonable guy that guy is. These things happen. Settle down. It's not great. And if the team was bad, it would be a particularly bad look. They were in the Super Bowl. They won. So, obla-dee-obla-da. But I don't, I don't mind at all A.J. Brown and folks like that who called it out and said, huh, real weird, I don't think people would have responded the same way if it was me. Because we wouldn't. And we're unwilling to recognize that in some cases. Travis Kelsey wants to three-peat. We'll see what happens. You know, Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed are both pending free agents for the Chiefs. Obviously, one of them could be kept around via franchise tag. The Chiefs have said they'd like to keep both of them around. Of course they would. Who wouldn't? They're both really good. We'll see. I think that will tell a part of the story in the Chiefs. Part of this Super Bowl is the Chiefs' defense was outstanding which doesn't mean that they couldn't still be really good even if they lost a player, right? Like, I think the Ravens' defense could be really good even if they lose an all-pro in Patrick Queen. But it's notable. And I don't know if Chris Jones, of everything from last year, makes him say, dude, I'm just, let me go. I'm done. I don't know. I mean, he did just win another Super Bowl. I don't know why anybody would be in, like, a rush to try to get out of that location. It'll be interesting to see. But could they do it? Of course they could do it. <laughs> They'd go on the road for three games this year in order to do it. And they did. Of course they could win another one next year. You hate saying it. But absolutely. Patrick Mahomes breathing. And mo- Earlier this year, we thought Travis Kelsey was slowing down. It's a hell of a slowing down, by the right. way. Definitely not against the Ravens. Not, no. And it, it look, he was quiet in the first half yesterday, and all of a sudden... Came to life exactly when they needed him. Um, it's just so frustrating. I don't. I don't actually care, but it is frustrating. Spa- there are people on Twitter last night that were sparing me, like the, you know, this is the standard. The Ravens won't reach. Like, shut the f up. Like, my God. Yeah, yeah. The standard should be. If three. you hate John Harbaugh, just constantly say you hate John Harbaugh. But to just talk out of your ass. Like, ah, the Ravens are so far away. They can never. Cl- they lost by a touchdown. You're an idiot. I mean, I need this with all due respect. No, I don't. I take it back. I don't mean it with any respect. You're an effing idiot. You're a mouth breather. I I can't guarantee that the Ravens are going to win a Super Bowl. I just know that I'm not going to talk out of my ass for the sake of talking out of my ass. You don't like John Harbaugh. God bless you. That and a nickel will give you a nickel. I mean, I... I would tell you maybe go get a hobby today. Like go, it's going to be, go go do something. Volunteer at a a shelter. Do something with your time. It's it's exhausting. Um, The 49ers side of it, the only really, the most compelling storyline, because I got to be honest with you, the dynasty stuff, I I don't know, you win three Super Bowls in five years and two of them are back-to-back, I think you can call yourself a dynasty. I think that's fine. The Patrick Mahomes stuff, we're just not there yet. We already knew that Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback in football, so him winning another Super Bowl doesn't really change that. And I, I don't think there's any really compelling conversation out of the Super Bowl except for 
Kyle Shanahan's decision at the start of it. I think it's the only oh, yeah. compelling I mean, conversation the entire night and the, I, uh, that comes out of the Super Bowl because it moves forward, right? A lot of people have said, like John and Little Rock kept calling, talking to me about how it's, it's stupid that there's different rules for overtime in the regular season than there are in po- the postseason. Don't disagree, but it should be the postseason rules. There's no world in which it should go back, revert back right. to the regular season rules. The regular season rules are the problem. The postseason rules are the ones that make sense. I saw people saying on Twitter, like, well, why do they even have a clock? We're not this obtuse. Like, we're... We're, I was I was very until Romo cleared it up with like a minute. Oh, left you thought that, that there was a chance yeah. the Chiefs had to score before yes. the end of the? Yeah, no. I was uh, I was like I was like why are they like going so nope. slow here? And, Pos- uh, possession gets <laughs> no, but I'm glad that Romo did. By the way, I thought yeah. Romo was great last night. Other than I, being a, a Chiefs fan, yeah. God's sakes, we just say anything. He was I mean, Nance, they were both fan. they were both big on the Chiefs last night. They, they were both big on both teams. You weren't no, paying attention. They were you, against you, the you no, you were viewing it from the prism of you wanted the Chiefs to lose. I did, yeah. So you heard that part of it. They were both big on both teams. Um, good call. Romo was outstanding. I know it's been an up and down season for <laughs> Romo. He was outstanding last night. He was all over it, diagnosing. If I were the 49ers, I'd be thinking about going for it on fourth down now. I'd be preparing that way. I like really thinking through all of those types of things. I play ahead of time, which I thought was great. Diagnosing plays, he was excellent. Calling them out, uh, calling the Chiefs out for not just challenging, for calling a right, timeout yeah. when they could have just challenged the play. And again, the response would have been, well, you could lose your challenge, right? But it was damn close enough. It's the John Harbaugh challenge that the correct. Yeah, I you're gonna use a timeout. You might need that timeout too. By the way, like in hindsight, at the end of the game, when they were marching down with a chance to win the game at the end of regulation, they could have used another timeout. So, I thought Romo was outstanding last night, but the decision is incredibly compelling. the The rule. The NFL gets so few things right. Bless them for figuring out that this is the way it should be. And I know we didn't really fully see it because the 49ers still just scored a field goal on their first possession, so that's the rule that existed before this year. The game would have continued anyway. This year's rule is even if they had scored a touchdown, the game continues, which is the way it should be. Both teams should be able to see the ball during the course. It, does, it just doesn't seem that hard. Play a football game. Imagine if, like, in basketball, they said, first team that scores in overtime wins. Like, what? What the F? Play a football game. They did, and I like that. That's a good thing, despite the fact that it allowed the Chiefs to win. The decision was fascinating, and I started to think about it in the fourth quarter. Like, do we have a consensus answer? Seth Walter, the analytics expert at ESPN, said no, that in running the numbers, it's about the same either way. It doesn't really change your chances of winning the game based on what decision you make. I am with the group that said, I I have to defer. Mm-hmm. And the benefit that it provided the Chiefs is they were faced with fourth down on their own side of the field, and they knew they had to go for it. The 49ers, if they had gotten the ball second and faced with fourth down inside the 10 would have realized we have to go for it. The Chiefs scored a touchdown. 
But they didn't have that benefit, so they felt the need to kick the field goal. And I get Kyle Shanahan's argument, which a couple people made to me last night, was, well, you want to be the team that would see the ball third because then you would be the first team to have the chance to end the game with a score. And it's, in hindsight, that makes some sense. It's like, of course, the second team can go for two if, you know. Or what if both teams kick field goals, right? Like, Mm -hmm. then you get the benefit. Yes, your point is well taken, which is if you score a touchdown, the other team scores a touchdown, then that other team has the chance to say, well, you're not going to see the ball again because we're going to go for two and end this thing right here. But it might not be a touchdown. It might be field goals both ways, and then you get the ball first knowing that a field goal wins the game. The thought isn't irrelevant. A lot of people also brought up that the 49ers defense looked a little gassed at that point and probably could have used the break. All of these things are relevant, and I don't know what the correct answer is. That's the difficult part. There might not be a correct answer. We sure as F don't have enough data at this point. But it is a compelling conversation, and I, I think a lot of people would have a lot of opinions about what was the right thing to do. In hindsight, it hurt the 49ers. They didn't go for it on fourth down because they didn't know they had to. The Chiefs were able to go for it on fourth down knowing that they had to. Benefit, Kansas City. But does that mean it was the wrong decision to make in the moment? It's not the one I would have made. But I'm sitting here with Griffin. No offense, Griffin. I'm just not, I'm not a coach. I'm, I'm sitting in a room today. Easy for me to second guess. First guess at the time. I absolutely was saying I would have. Um, what else mattered from last night? Uh, uh, the 49ers are established as favorites again next year. They're the early favorites to win Super Bowl 59. I get it. The NFC still kind of looks like crap. So it seems just easier for them to get through than any of the AFC teams do. Chiefs and Ravens follow. Long off season ahead. We'll see how it all Everybody plays should out. be healthy, so yeah. Right. Uh, Jeff Zrebeck brought up last night on Twitter the possibility of the Ravens being the opponent for the Chiefs in the Thursday night game to open the season. Would make a lot of sense. Would be a sexy matchup for the NFL. Some of the other options would be uh, some of their other home games next year would be the Chargers, which would be Jim Harbaugh's Mm -hmm. first game as coach of the Chargers. The Bengals with Joe Burrow's return. Um, The Texans, kind of the darlings, similar to what the Lions were this past season. The, the Texans might be the darlings of the NFL going into next year. So some other options that would be relevant, certainly not a guarantee. And the NFL, maybe the Lions was their way of saying, like, hey, we know it's the first game of the year. You're all watching. It, do- it we, doesn't matter. We, that, well, Ra- that Ravens-Chiefs game is going to be huge no matter what. Right. You need that in October. or Right. Like, so we could do Texans here, and it'll be – It'll get massive ratings, and a Chiefs-Texans game in Week 7 might not draw the same amount of interest. But Chiefs-Ravens always will, so maybe we hold that for later. Don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but the Ravens are in play for the uh, the opener of the year because they are scheduled to play in Kansas City next year. Um, Usher, obviously, was great. He was always going to be great. He's Usher. His songs are awesome. Uh, Usher is tremendous. That said... It falls flat because he did the Rihanna thing where it's just like, here's a thousand songs and I'll do ten seconds of all of them. That stinks. That's not a show. Play the songs. We like the songs. I said this on Twitter last night. We we have the collective attention span of a disease-riddled gnat in 2024. 
but we have enough time for you to do two and a half to three minutes of, of a couple of songs. I Usher's an amazing performer, but he didn't need to squeeze every song in his catalog into a halftime show. Focus on three that are iconic, and then for the other three minutes, do, you know, 30-second snippets of five songs or whatever. Yeah, what a DJ got us falling in love. That I love DJ got us falling in love, but I don't need... 5,000 songs. I like the songs. I don't like the hook or the 10 seconds of the song. I like the song. Pick me three songs that you say, these songs stand out. I like the hooks of stupid songs. You are are the target audience. I'm sorry. I don't have time for a song. Three minutes is too much to ask of me. I have 10 seconds to give you and nothing more. It's the TikTok generation, baby. That's what you have. It's a little bit longer than 10 seconds. God. Uh, the best commercial was the Reese's one. All of you that think it was the Duncan one, you're stupid. Well, Love the, you. The, the caramel. The gar- caramel cup or whatever it was. It was perfect. It was everything about it was perfect. What happened in that one again? I do like. They were, everybody was disappointed. Was early on. Everybody was disappointed that they were going to do a new Reese's and they were banging their head through the wall oh, and jumping okay, out yeah, the yeah. window. <laughs> and then they said, um, it'll just be a Reese's with caramel. And then they were excited and they all, the guy like jumps back through the oh. window. It was clever. It was it was liked, an actual funny premise. I think I know you didn't like it. I liked the Duncan. Uh, no, it stunk. Like it was Affleck. it was a premise that was good, and then there was nothing funny about the commercial. It Matt, was just Matt a premise. Damon. Yeah, but that's Matt all. Damon it, was there. He, yes, he was there. Exactly. It, the that's, premise. That's all I need. For the a premise was all there was. There was no execution to it. It was just the premise. But again, we're the TikTok generation. <laughs> we don't need depth. Yeah, Matt Damon was. We there, don't need. Right? We don't need thought. We don't need it to be executed well. We just need the... Uh, ah, the premise is hilarious. Michael Sarah. Uh, I did like that one. Yes. I did like that one. It wasn't as good as the Reese's one, but I liked it. It was good. I, it was on the list. I mean, there was not a lot of good commercial. It was a bad commercial mm-hmm. night. Um, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger ones Timu, were, were totally I mean, fine. I don't know how much money they paid. Uh, uh, they they must have... I, I hear they're like a scam of some sort, <laughs> so... Got some questions about that. How did they afford the Christopher Walken one? Was good until they like ham fisted Usher into it at the end. Like the that was working, and then they were like, "Now let's try something else." It's very weird. Um, uh, what what else from the? We covered all the Hall of Fame and MVP stuff on Friday. Is there anything else that I need to cover? Um, Terps or man? No, I don't. I mean, I was thinking football related. I was. I certainly have no interest in talking about Maryland basketball. Towson better win tonight or else we might as well go ahead and cancel the rest of college basketball season. Towson's doing a lot of promos might as well for the game. Well, I mean, it's a nine o'clock yeah, game. No, that's a very, tough. That's a tough thing. That's the, TV. Yeah. It's, it's but it's it's tough for them. I got. I don't. I don't think there's anything else football related that we need to talk about in in terms of the Super Bowl and the fallout from the weekend. Column will be up at pressboxonline.com so you can check it out as I flush through a lot of these thoughts and others. Today's show brought to you by Goose Flights, available all over town. Cans available at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. All of the state's Glory Days Grill restaurants, plus the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton. Cans and six-packs available at Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North, plus Costa Sin and Dundalk. Six-packs and cases available at the Wine Source in Hamden. It's a delicious beer, and $1.98 from every can sold goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation and the work they're doing to continue Tony's legacy, his family lifting up his vision to provide non-emergency medical transport for those in need. And Sammy has shared that they have learned a lot more about stories from right here in Baltimore 
and folks in this community that they're going to try to help out. So that's awesome. That's incredible that it's worked out that way. Pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights if you want to find out more about where the beer is located. We come back in, Jason Cole from the 33rd team. We'll talk to him. I'm going to talk about the Hall of Fame class as well, but we'll definitely talk about Lamar Jackson. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Contrary to what some people believe, I actually like this guy when he sleeps. Glenn Clark, talking sports. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. Speaking of Stan the Fan, he'll be back in action a little bit later on today. Stan, Ross, Grimsley getting together. 4.30 this afternoon, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports to preview the I guess start of spring training this week as pitchers and catchers will report. Be a little while before they start playing any games, but spring training will be officially underway down in Sarasota later this week, so Stan and Ross will get together to preview that. If you missed the show live, you can check it out. 
youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video tomorrow. Stan Ross and uh, Luke Jackson every Monday talking baseball. The, the, the people, and I, John, you know I love you. You're absolutely wrong about Romo last night. And I get it. If you just decided that you don't like Romo, then I understand that. I don't think Romo had a very good season. But last night, he was great. I mean, he was great. I probably agree with you, and I think I even said in my column today, that'll be at PressBoxOnline.com, that I think that Greg Olson has been the best top guy of all the the lead analysts this year. Greg Olson has been the best, and I am very compelled as to what's next for him because I agree. I think he's been outstanding, and I don't think that Romo has been particularly good for the last season or two, but last night he brought it. He had his fastball last night. He was excellent. Somehow they've got to harness that moving forward. He was sharp. He was ahead of things. He nailed it. If you wanted to to to, to quibble about something, you could say he missed. So remember, Nance badly missed the like stretch from Kittle for the first down on the fourth down play. He's like, I think he's short. <laughs> Romo was almost laughing like, no, he's got it, Jim. <laughs> and he did by like two yards. It wasn't very close. I don't know what, uh, I don't know how that was missed. But he missed that they didn't give Travis Kelsey the first down on the drive in overtime, which makes sense because they missed that call. Nobody will talk about it because the Chiefs ended up scoring anyway. But embarrassing for the league when you take away the challenges in overtime. But they wouldn't say, hey, we need to pause, make sure we got this one right. Now, maybe there's some sort of replay or angle that I haven't seen yet that would show that there was something down before he got to the line, but it 100% look, looked to me that Travis Kelsey had it. 1,000% appeared that way. So, I don't know what to make of it. I, it's, it's weird. It's very weird that the NFL wouldn't say, hey, this is the overtime of the Super Bowl. The entire world is watching. Let's make sure we stop the game if necessary and get this right. Whatever we do, let's not allow for this to look wrong. And if the Chiefs had failed to score, then it, I don't know. Because again, I haven't seen an angle because we just moved forward and the Chiefs went ahead and scored. I haven't seen anybody going back and look at it. Bad, bad, bad all around. Bad all around. Awful. Awful that the NFL wouldn't say, stop for a second. Let's make sure we might have screwed this one up. And this is not the place where we want to be screwing something up. So, Romo missed it. That's the only thing he missed all night. As they were lining up for the next play, he was like, wait, does that say third and short? Because he, like the rest of us, thought that it was a first down. But for the game, he was awesome. He was. 
If you don't like him, you don't like him. All good. I get it. I don't think he's been great the last couple of years. But last night, he was great. He was sharp. He was all over it. Nailed it. Tremendous effort. Are we having uh, technology problems today? It would appear we are. It would appear we are. I am uh, Dynamite working S. on fixing it. Why don't we quickly grab one more break and try to, like, we need to make some phone calls, get things straightened out. Having technology troubles today. This is not the first time. I don't know what's going on there, but we'll get it sorted out. We'll come back in and we'll continue on on a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Coming back in here with Glenn and the other guy, uh, uh, Garrett, whatever his name is. You know who they are. All right, back in here on GCR, and apologies, we're uh, running late with our next guest because we're having some technology troubles this morning, but it's always a pleasure to catch up with my friend, longtime NFL writer, now with the 33rd team. Our buddy Jason Cole is back with us here on GCR. Jay, what's going on, brother? How are you? Life is beautiful. I, I would say this. Um, Putting the, the gambling um, ads back-to-back 
you might want to think about no, like no. the yeah. me- the messages they uh they messaging there they actually they actually prefer <laughs> the public it. service the they, public, they they prefer it they that prefer way? it okay. that good. way they prefer it that way it's good. A, it's oh, a whole good, thing. For, good for them yep. good for them they prefer it that i have way. new respect for green turtle because yeah right. <laughs> I give I give give them a lot. I don't know if it's because Jason. When I say that, I don't know if it's because they've been forced to prefer it that way. Like that's totally possible too. I don't care. That's okay as long as they are willing to embrace it one way or the other. Good, good, good for them. So there you go. All right, buddy. Um, I read what you wrote last week at the thirty third team and the conversation you had with our friend um, Marty Morningweg. And you know, it's an it's an empty feeling in Baltimore because the Ravens came up short when they you know seemingly were the best team in the league and that was disappointing but i'm in a weird place where i as as disappointing as it was i can't sit back and pretend that i think this was the only chance the ravens are going to have or that this somehow completely tells the story of lamar jackson and it's over now he's just eternally always going to be a bad playoff quarterback like peyton manning was a bad playoff quarterback to start his career i don't know what's going to happen next but the guy's really good and has only gotten better as his career goes on I don't know why I would suddenly think that that he's not capable of continuing that. Um, I, you know, this year was really transformative for me in how I viewed Mark Jackson, a player who can make a transition and can evolve as a player. I thought he was sort of a one-trick pony as a runner first, and not a passer, but he's become a considered passer. And when I say considered, I mean he's he's put a lot of effort into. And am I playing a that ultimately is going to win in this league? And he took a huge step forward. You know, cutting the number of runs down significantly, running to throw rather than just running to run, not putting on displays of daring do which he did early in his career with his running style, you know, with the spins and the, and, you know, the sprints and all the things that he's capable of because that just doesn't last. I mean, guys can't play like that forever. It just doesn't work. Right. And he became more accurate. The yards per attempt improved their statistical marks that were great. The interceptions came down. Um, so I was like, okay, the, the stats aren't, the sta- the stats are not as overwhelming as they were in 2019 when he won his first MVP. Right. But he's a better quarterback. I agree. Today than he was that year, right? Um and that year's never going to happen again. That's an outlier year. I should say never, but it's incredibly unlikely that you'll see that kind of dominant performance because teams figure you out, make you do other things, and which they did for a couple of years. And now he's learned how to adjust to that. So that gives Lamar Jackson is, you know, is figuring out a great long-term solution at quarterback, and then he gives you the championships. And the next thing that has to evolve is Baltimore has to solve this one problem, one or the other. Stop putting him so many freaking long situations. Now they took a huge step by improving their defense, so that he didn't have during the regular at all. But in the playoff loss Kansas City, they put him in third or in a long, and I mean six, seven, eight yards 
or on fourth down critical fourth down situations, I think it was seven times. He completed two of them, but he made, you know, he gave up sacks or threw an interception on, on the other ones, missed guys in certain plays. Those are things that just can't happen. And I'm not sure that he's ever going to be great in those situations because of the way that he throws. So stop asking him to do it so much. And again, they improved the defense. I think they've got to come a little further with the running game. And most importantly, look, you fell into the, you know, Munkin fell into the trap mm-hmm. of throwing too much yep, panicked. in that game. Panicked. Right. He panicked. Whereas when you watched Buffalo play against Kansas City or last night when you watched San Francisco play against Kansas City, they made a concert, concerted effort to run. Now, San Francisco on the first two possessions of the second half, got it, let it get away from you. That happens. But they went right back to McCaffrey, even when they were behind, and said, we have to run the ball. We have to get ourselves into third and three. We have to get ourselves into third and four. We have to get into third and one. So that there's not so much pressure on our quarterback to have to make a bigger play. And it doesn't seem like a big difference in yardage, but it is. It changes so much in the way that you have to play a quarterback, and it changes so much in what the defense is basically allowed to do. Jason, the the Chiefs are the you know that's that's the standard. Obviously, like this is what you have to do, and you almost have to be perfect, right? Because they, you pointed out they're going to take advantage of all of a sudden last night the Chiefs could do nothing right, and then one punt issue. And then they could do nothing wrong afterwards, right? Like, they, they are going to take advantage of your mistakes. It, how far away? I, I just can't, in my mind, as bad as it was the Ravens lost a week ago, I just can't feel like they're dramatically that far behind the Chiefs. They just have to learn to not panic, to not get away from their identity during the course of a playoff game. Like, I, I don't think it's something where, like, the Chiefs are insurmountable Almost every team they played during the postseason had an opportunity to take them down. Well, yeah, they just won a game by their last three games. They won by three, seven, and three. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, they went through Josh Allen. They went through you know Lamar Jackson, and they went through uh, not necessarily Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy with a lot of guys supporting him, right? Um, and yes. They're, this is the closest incarnation that the Chiefs have become to what New England was when they were at the height of their powers under Belichick, which is if you made mistakes against New England, Tom Brady was going to kill you, yep. right? He was going to find a because Tom Brady going to make play after play after play. He wasn't necessarily going to score every game, but Mahomes didn't have to do that this year either. You know, the weapons went backwards, the water receivers were bad all season, but he made critical throws when he had to, and he didn't make a lot of mistakes. And the key sometimes in in this league is don't beat yourself. Well, the 49ers yesterday dominated the first 25 minutes of that game. They ended with a 10-3 lead at half, right? That's not enough. They made a couple of mistakes in the second half, they allowed the game to stay so close that if you do that, Kansas City kills you, right? Because you muff the punt, and Kansas City gets it at the 14, and boom, you're, they come back and they hit you for the, for the touchdown right away. Because your defense, which just did a great job, 
of getting them off the field and forcing the punt is now sitting there going, I got to go back on the MF and field now. Yep. Yep. And it's a, it's a mindset thing. And they're defeated even because they just did a great job to force the punt. And now, now Kansas City has the ball to 14. Like there's just a letdown there. It's a, and, and there are very few teams that can survive that. You, you know, the first time Baltimore won the championship, they had the rare defense that was like, hey, put me on the field because we're going to terrorize them. We don't, we don't care if you give them the ball at the one-yard line. Not many teams are built that way, and not many teams can succeed that way, especially in the modern NFL. He is Jason Cole. Of course, we will link up his his piece for the 33rd team about uh, Lamar Jackson on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, so you can check it out there. Jason, I, I, I wonder, you know, before I move on, because I want to ask you about the Hall of Fame as well. It's it's a very interesting year coming up for us here in Baltimore. I, I wonder what your take was, because we, we've, you know, this is what we do in this business, about the decision that Kyle Shanahan made going into overtime. And we have nothing to fall back on, right? Like we have no history with this rule and it's easy for any of us to sit here and say, well, this is what I would have done. What did you make of it? What did you make of of his explanation? Um, I, first of all, I'm glad that the NFL has changed this rule. Like I think it made for a better football game, even though nobody in you know uh, Baltimore wanted to see Kansas city win. Um, but what did you make of the decision that he made going into overtime? I think it was a standard decision um, that I would have made. I agreed with it at the time. And then I've, you know, in the the value, sometimes the value of Twitter and to say that Twitter has value. Yeah. Right. Sometimes an an oxymoron. Right. Um, But the value of Twitter is people point out things to you and sometimes they don't do it in the very, in the most pleasant way, but they make you think about it and they go, no, you don't want to take the ball because a, you now have the decision. You have the power of the decisions that you can, if they, you give up a touchdown or you give up a field goal, you now can go on every fourth down if yep. you need to, or, you know, the decisions made for you automatically. But the thing that really put it over the top for me, because I'd rather still take the, you know, thinking that way, I'd still rather take the ball, especially with the lesser quarterback, because I want to put pressure on the other team a little bit more. But the, the deciding factor for me is, Okay, even if you give Kansas City the ball, they go down and they score the touchdown. You get it. You have the decisions on all fourth downs, and you have the advantage of if you score the touchdown, you can go for two. You can go go for two. And I hadn't thought of that. And it was just you know it was one of those things where you just it's a lunk headed moment where you don't consider all options. But the people on Twitter pointed out, and I was like, that's right. You go for two, and you determine your fate right there. And you don't have to give Mahomes back the ball one more time. It's all in your hands. If it's all in your hands, I'll take that. Yep. Just like that's why I like going for two at the end of a lot of – I I like going for two a lot at the end of a game where you're about to tie it up because I would rather win on one play where I need three yards than have to go through the machinations of – Coin flip, right? Getting a drive where I have to string together five, six, seven plays, whatever it happens to be, et cetera, et cetera. Just give me one play from the three yard line. I believe I can score on that one play. Now, I'm not going. I know that I'm not going to every single time, but I'll take my shot with for three yards. 
I tend to agree, and I was thinking the same thing going into last night. I thought the argument that some people made that, hey, the 49ers defense was gutted at that point, you know, gutted at that point, and they just needed a breather. I thought that was relevant. I know he didn't bring that up afterwards. He just sort of said he brought up that we want to be the third team that has the ball, and I don't think that's nothing, right? Like, what if both teams had kicked field goals and not if the Chiefs hadn't scored a touchdown? Um, that they would have had the ball the first time with just the chance to score and win. So I don't know that it's I, – I still don't know that I feel like it's slam dunk, but I probably end up lining up with you that moving forward, if I were a team in that spot, I would probably prefer to have the ball second and 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 all those benefits that we saw play out, right? Like the 49ers on fourth down couldn't go for it because of needed points. The Chiefs knew they had to go for it on fourth down. It ended up being a serious benefit to Kansas City when they touched the ball in overtime. Right. It just it, you, you see it play out. Sometimes you have to see things play out to sit there and go, oh, yeah, that's the strategy. Yep. Yep. I hadn't thought I hadn't thought of it. I mean, we can all we can all play out the theoretical. As much as we want and know, oh, how will I feel on this? And, yeah, I'd be willing to go for it on fourth and one for my own 34. You know, if I had the ball and it's like, no, you probably wouldn't. You probably yep. wouldn't. You probably punt. Yep. In that yep. situation, but but Kansas City had no choice, so they got to go, and they made the play, right? So, um, yeah, it was, and that was part of. Again, I come back to. I actually had a fun and valuable conversation on Twitter. What a world! Um, what where a I world. said I would have taken the ball first, and other people. It's it's a it's stunning. Sometimes. What a world! All right, uh, Jay. You know, I I know how difficult it is for you guys and try to put Hall of Fame classes together every year. And there's only five spots available, and there's more than five guys on that list every year that are Hall of Famers. And um, now we get the next year, and both Terrell Suggs and Marshall Yonda are on the ballot for the first time. But it's a loaded ballot, right? Like there's Luke Keekley and you know I know there'll be a compelling debate about Eli Manning and. Um, not just the first year guys, but the holdovers. The Antonio Gates is back on the ballot, and you know Jared Allen's back on the ballot, mm-hmm. and legends. Um, what is what does your gut tell you about Terrell Suggs, Marshall Yonda's chances on a loaded ballot moving forward? Uh, I think they're both very good. Um, I haven't I haven't examined examined Yonda's case. Um, as closely yet. So I'd have to go, you know, Pro Bowl is all pro, pros, talk to some people about, um, you know, but I think that, you know, there's going to be a good case. The problem with offensive linemen is it takes momentum, especially when you're guard or right tackle. Left tackles are your obvious guys. Right. Even starters have, have a run. So, like, we've got Jari Evans and – I I argue Evans was probably a better player than Yanda. Um, but Evans was like didn't get much respect on this ballot and needs to keep moving up. So it's probably gonna be that kind of course where it's gonna take Yanda a few years. Thugs is your typical pass rusher, you know, flash player. Like he's gonna he made big plays that determine outcomes of games. Um, big personality obviously as well, which helps. Um, even though that's not really a great part of the criteria, obviously, you know, sure. I don't vote on that. But you paid it. You always paid attention to Suggs, right? Somehow, some way, he drew attention, mostly as a player, which is important. So I think Suggs gets in, but I have a hard time imagining that 
he just walks in on the first ballot when, when, as you say, we got Jared Allen there. Right. You know, we were fortunate to get two of the pass rushers through. We still are stuck on wide receivers because we got Torrey Holt and Reggie yep. Wayne. Yeah. Who we had the hardest time in the world separating Holt, Wayne, and Andre Jensen. It was just an impossibility. And we finally got, after one year of holding all three of them up, we got one of them through. And not be by design, but just how it worked out, right? We finally kind of, the discussion was people were saying openly during the meeting, like, you know, I believe Andre Johnson's the best of these guys. Not everybody, but, but enough people that I think it swayed the vote to at least get one of them through when we were really hoping to get two of them through. So you've got the two wide receivers. You got Jared Allen sitting there. You got Antonio Gates. That's four guys. And then there's the guys like Eli that you just talked about, who's going to be a, a brutal discussion yep. the first time. Yep. Probably, that one's probably going to be the best middle linebacker in the league for how long? No question. Um, yeah. Or right up there with Willis, right? Yeah. So how does Suggs compare to that? I got some research to do myself. You know, I, want, I got some people I want to talk to about how do I sort out the seven or eight names that we just had and how does Suggs figure into that? But I think he figures into getting into the Hall of Fame at some point. Sure, sure. I just would, I would have, I would have a hard time believing it's just a walk in, you know, short of doing the research. And again, I, I talk to 400 people a year where I, I survey them and, you know, I don't have conversations with all 400. That's too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> right. But, I, you know, I serve them and ask them their opinions on, on you know, the guys who are candidates. And these are either played or they were in the league for at least 10 years, right? Because you want people to slaughter people. And so when I do that, we'll see where Suggs comes out. But on first glance, I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's an easy walk-in for Suggs. I understand. I understand. It is a loaded group. Jason Cole, uh, of course, the 33rd team is where you find him these days. And um, Remind everybody about the last book because I thought it was really cool. Shut up. Your kid's not that great. Yep. Um, awesome. It was a fun book. It's a, and it's every parent. As Tom Brady Sr. Tom Brady Sr. wrote the, the introduction for the book. And he then I send him copies of it afterwards. And he goes, I'm buying copies of this for all of my kids. That's cool. And not because his name is on it, but he goes, this is what you should tell parents about how you get your kids involved in sports. And by the way, before, even though I love talking about myself, um, what are you talking to Ken Burns about today? So the Orioles have new ownership coming in, which is, as you can imagine, manna from heaven for us here in Baltimore. Yes. And their new owner, uh, David Rubenstein of the Carlisle Group, is very close friends with Ken Burns. And so uh, Ken, awesome. Ken Burns was willing to come on to try to tell us all about what we can expect because, you know, believe it or not, very few of us uh, that do this for a living know a lot about the man who runs a private equity firm. It's just not something that we are particularly well-versed on. So um, I was I really appreciated that. <laughs> And um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I would, I will listen for that because. Um, well, he's the Ken best. Burns I mean, my is, guy. He's, he's a genius. A, yeah, come on, man. Uh, you know how many times I've watched? Like, yeah, like you're. I, I, I've watched Ken Burns baseball probably 18 times in my life. Like it's just brilliant. 
Um, so yeah, I was. It's a really. That's a cool well, thing. Well, when we're, when we're, yeah. And I and I love yeah. when I thought, I'm channel surfing. I'm always like, oh, yeah. Oh, j- jazz is on. I think I'll go ahead and watch that. I think I'll spend a little bit more time with Ken Burns' jazz because it's amazing. So yeah, it's a really cool thing for me. Uh, Jay, always right. appreciate. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. All right, always See appreciate you, you, brother. Thanks for doing this, man. J- Jason Cole with us here on GCR. Apologies again, having some uh, technology problems this morning, but um, appreciate him taking the time for us as. Uh, we put the finishing touches on football season here on the program. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. And before we grab the legendary Ken Burns, I remind you that if you think you know high school basketball, go to countysportszone.com where you can pick the winners and earn points to see where you stand on the leaderboard. Only at countysportszone.com, presented by your local Toyota dealers. Well, what a thrill this is because I've been a fan of this man's work for a very long time, as we were just talking about with Jason Cole. And I really appreciate him taking the time because I learned that he is very good friends with the incoming soon-to-be owner of the Baltimore Orioles. This man responsible for so many documentary series that I have loved. Baseball, I think, came out when I was, I want to say, like 11 years old. And, like, I'll still sing along to, like, did you see Jackie Robinson hit that ball? It was a transformative. It's probably the first documentary that I ever loved in my life. Joining us now, he is the great Ken Burns, and he is with us on GCR. Ken, it is Glenn Clark in Baltimore. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Of course, of course. Very happy to be with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so great to chat with you, and there are about a billion things that I'd love to talk to you about, but I, I really was fascinated to learn about your relationship with David Rubenstein. And as I was joking about a second ago, believe it or not, those of us that do this for a living here in Baltimore, we're not well-versed about like the heads of, of private equity and the accomplishments of... Well, you know, you know our, 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 our films, including baseball, are all made you know, for public television, which means instead of having investors, they have grant funders. So you get some from the corporation for public broadcasting, this foundation, that group, PBS itself, a corporation like bank of America. And you, and you go to philanthropists and David Rubenstein has been a huge presence in the sort of history space. And I don't say that he's, he coined the phrase, patriotic philanthropy and there's it's really hard to find a place that matters in american history that has had some need where you can't find his fingerprints um i was on i am was on the board rotated off of the foundation for the national archives and he spent millions of dollars on a gallery there that helps exhibit and interpret the important things you know when the earthquake minor earthquake damaged the washington monument he fixed it, you know, he's donated documents to places. And so I think inevitably he first came around and supported work. We did a uh, kind of curating the evergreen themes of American history called Unum out of the Latin motto of the U S E pluribus Unum. Mm-hmm. And then later he's very graciously been supporting generously several of the films. And we've had time to interact over the last couple dozen years, several times. He's interviewed me probably seven or eight times. I should be interviewing him. And once I had the chance uh, to do that, but he's a, he's really a remarkable man. Um, I have Baltimore roots. My father grew up in Baltimore. I have relatives that are still there. That's where we went 
to see our grandparents um, when we were on vacation. The first baseball game I ever saw was in Memorial Stadium. So wow. the friendship that we've developed is on many, many levels, not the least of which is baseball. So when I heard the news that he has the possibility, and of course, it's all right. still we still have to have the teams approve it, that he would be local boy comes home and, and takes over this the the team that I think, you know, can use a little bit, uh, you know, new love. It was exciting to me and and, and thrilled. Uh, I was there on opening day of Camden Yards and uh, the excitement of that um, was so palpable and, and the consecutive streaks of sellouts was so great that, you know, baseball teams just periodically need a new investment, less of money than of energy and of spirit. And David has all of that. As, as somebody who grew up in Baltimore, it's just a fabulous, fabulous bit of news. We are certainly excited about it, and we like the you know him going ahead and, and making a move early to grab Corbin Burns. So we're fired up here. I, if I could, Ken, because I, I'm sure you'll understand that when when the news first broke, there was a percentage of people of the populace here that said, I, uh, "Private equity, huh? I, I I don't know. Is this guy really going to care about winning as much as he cares about profit?" And I think some of the things that you just spoke to probably make me think that you believe that's not the case. Yeah. And I would also check into what people in private equity do. Uh, they don't like to lose, for one thing. Um, they like to uh, to have a return. Um, and if you'll notice that the owners of most of the baseball teams are businessmen who have come from some other place and have had the ability to run a big company, you know, like uh uh, John Henry or uh, Tom Werner, the the two major partners mm -hmm. at the Boston Red Sox. I live in New England, and so I'm pretty familiar with them. But all around the country, you have people who are have loved the game, have always loved, understand it's the greatest game ever invented. And let's remember, we're two days from Valentine's Day, which is pitchers and catchers. Yep, yep. And uh, there's no love lost there, right? I mean, we know why that's uh, uh, a day with a big heart because – we finally, you know, cleared the football stuff and we can look ahead to um, to this beautiful game, the best game that's ever been invented. And and what, you know, more storied and, and more important team. So I, I, I think, you know, he's going to hire good people. I don't imagine he's going to be the kind of micromanager in which you are, you know, you're taking out your uh, disappointment on the, the George Steinbrenner. And at the same time, I think he's going to care very deeply with his roots about what these Orioles will do. But I shouldn't be surprised because you're Ken Burns, but it's like you know what the next question is that I have on my list to try to <laughs> ask. Because, and I'm sure you understand that. Like, any, I, I don't mean to be disparaging towards wealthy people. I know plenty of them and I like them a great deal, some of them. Um, but you know how this um, goes. When, when a, with wealthy people, there is always a fear that someone is going to come in and say, well, I want to do things my way and I want my people involved. And for the first time in a long time, Ken, there's a belief that, like, on the baseball side, that what's going on in Baltimore is working. And, like, these people should be the ones making the decisions. So, again, I, based on what you just said, I'm guessing you're not fearful of that being ripped apart. Not at all. And I, I'm sure even before he thought about seeing if he could be involved with the Orioles in some way that he was – all mindful of every question you and I could think of and, and then some, you know, yeah. uh, they've got a good 
ingredients right now. They got great talent. And so the last thing you want to do is sort of spoil it. At the same time, you know, there's some people, you said some rich people are, are fine. And I think David's one of those things. Just go back to patriotic philanthropy and what that might mean. This is a business thing for him. Uh, obviously, the Orioles will increase in value as, as, as time goes on. But I think it's also rooted in who he is as an American and the fact that he appreciates as much as any one of us of how far you can rise from relatively humble beginnings through hard work into the position that he occupies now. And that's, you know, he's that's a remarkable trajectory. And instead of sort of gathering it to himself, he's spent a good deal of his last couple of decades giving a good deal of that money away. And and I, I can only tell you about my little part of it. Sure. And, and he's been extraordinarily generous, extraordinarily tough, you know, not going to just say, sure, uh, asks a lot of important questions, knows a lot about the history that I'm uh, delving into, um, wants to come and see the complexity of the things that, that we do. And so, that's that to me is like the ideal patron, if you will. He is the legendary Ken Burns, and he's with us talking about his friend David Rubenstein here on GCR. Ken, if I could, I'll, I'll add to that. He's, you know, David Rubenstein's 74 years old, right? And I, I wonder if you get a sense for how personal this might be for him. You reference this is his hometown. This is where he's from. Um, and, and it's not... You know, I, I say this with all the kindness. It's not likely that, you know, he'll be able to own this baseball team for 30 years, right? Um, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, and I'm certainly I, not I, trying to run him I, off. I want to make that I've done. I've done a lot of interviews with him, and, and uh, you know, they'll send me the questions in advance, and they'll be like single-spaced, four or five pages. And I never look. I said, I'm not going to look at these. And I sort of keep them in my briefcase. And then he interviews me with no notes, right? So we never, wow. of course, ever get to all the questions that are on his four single-spaced type sheets that his office sends me. But the amazing thing is, is that when I get back to my hotel room at the end of the evening and I'm looking, I realize that he's asked me the questions in chronological order. I mean, this is a guy with an, an incredibly interesting mind. He's got a great sense of humor. He's a great interviewer. Uh, uh, you know, in his own right. And he's done so many things uh, on Bloomberg and in PBS yeah. um, that are that he doesn't have to do as a captain of industry. And so I think that he's kept himself going and inspirited and there's no sort of, there's no rust, you know, there's no moss growing on his back. And so I think that you'll have a long and fruitful tenure if all of this goes through and you'll find uh, an interesting, quirky, funny person uh, behind the ownership uh, of the Orioles, which is, you know, it's always a good thing to have character, and he's got a lot of it. Can I ask, do you have a sense for how personal it might be for him? There's an opportunity here for him to be almost heroic in this city, and I don't want to paint with a too hyperbolic a brush because this is still baseball that we're talking about. I don't want to make it seem like it will solve all of the city's, you know, troubles, but it would be significant in the after. Oh, but, but but listen, Glenn. You know the decline of Western civilization. The uh, biologist uh, Stephen Jay Gould told me for our baseball series began when the Giants and the Dodgers. There you go. Open. Right there we go. So 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 this is really serious stuff, and yeah. this is a prodigal son. He is returning home. It does mean something. I'm sure deep down inside him, nothing. He's confided in me. So okay. whatever I'm saying is complete speculation. But he's an extraordinary human being, and I think he'll serve it 
it well. And I think we do tend to invest a lot into our baseball teams. They symbolically become us. I know that you're still licking your wounds from, you know, the uh, premature exit of the Ravens uh, from the playoffs. And, and so we do put a lot of that in and that's okay. And I think we just have to keep it in the proper perspective. And at the same time, I don't think you buy a baseball team without understanding that that baseball means a lot more than just who won and lost, what the box score is. You know, that this is really, you know, a game that has accompanied nearly every decade of our national uh, um, narrative and that it's also the greatest game ever invented and the only one you know, in which the defense has the ball yep. and the only one in which there's no clock and the only one in which you can steal things and get away with it. It's just about as perfect a game as you can imagine. And um, I've not relinquished my insistence that it is the national pastime and I won't ever <laughs> do that. And I'm just thrilled to hear that David Rubenstein might be owning a major league baseball club, especially one that is so in intimately tied with my own baseball story. As I said, the first so cool. major league game I ever went to in the 1950s was way out in center field at Memorial. And I just, I can still remember, I can still picture it saying, boy, I wish I had binoculars, wish I could see what's going on, but boy, this is fun. Uh, my first baseball game was also at Memorial Stadium, so there now I have something in common with Ken Burns, and that makes me feel really good about myself. Ken, I know I can't <laughs> keep you all day. Can I squeeze two more in with you real quick? Of course, of course. Happy so, to do this anytime you're talking. I'm talking baseball a lot today because we're getting close to yeah. pitchers, pitchers, and it's just good feeling. If I could, the the knowing baseball the way that you do, what it means for the entirety of the sport for a franchise like the Orioles to be relevant the way that they are right now and how good that is for everyone in the sport to be reminded like hey it it could be your city next that it's not just always eternally I know the Dodgers continue to be the team that's spending billions of dollars and they're going to be in the forefront but it's not just always eternally going to be the haves and the have-nots within this sport of course not. And look what the Rays have done recently. Look, I, I live in New England. I've lived in New England since uh, 1971. So, you know, you root for your local team. And and I've been a avid Red Sox and Patriots fan. And, you know, the, 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 the Patriots suck this year and the Red Sox suck this year. And I, I don't begrudge him that. I mean, I think we're in this age in which we expect all of this right now. The Dodgers that you referred to spent decades as the also Rams, yep. you know. Uh, the, Do the Orioles are a relatively new team, barely older than the Dodgers' first, um, you know, victory. And they're one of the oldest teams in the National League, the Trolley Dodgers, as they were called. And um, that's the way that Brooklyn's fans negotiated their boroughs' busy streets. Um, you know, it's it's complicated. People ebb and flow. Teams ebb and flow. And so, you know, when my friends in New England just start complaining about the Patriots or or, or the Red Sox, I say, we've got four World Championships <laughs> right. in this in this century. Yeah. What are you possibly? We went eighty six years without one, and you <laughs> love them more. And then suddenly, when they're winning, you what is it? You can't stand that they would ever. This is a game in which the people who fail seven times out of 10 and do that for 30 years are in the hall of fame. You know, that's a 300 hitter, you know? So this is a game that reminds you unlike any other game about, and it happens every day that, that, that there's spring and summer and fall 
that that it's about life and it's it's not like once a week it's every day and it's like breathing and it's a wonder I, there's just something better about life during the six months when baseball is happening and so of course we invest and i think our impatience because we're media consumers that we're not winning right away is it is a terrible terrible thing because the story is that it's not how much money you throw at it it's it's who you bring the kind of the the kind of camaraderie it used to be when the Red Sox were also Rands. They said it was twenty five cabs home from Fenway Park, meaning nobody saw each other afterwards. The team that won, they were close as brothers, right? That's what you have, and I think right now with the team that you have, which was such a surprise yep. over the last couple of years, sort of sneaking up in front of everybody else. That just that just predicts really good things in the future. We are very excited. And then, Ken, I, I have to tell you, I'm talking to Ken Burns this morning, so I need to tell you, like, you taught me baseball history. Like, you taught me... <laughs> I, I, when jazz was running on PBS, I'm telling you, I was taking a freshman jazz class at UMBC here in Baltimore, and I learned more from you than I did from that class. And I say that because I just wonder, it, like, if there's ever a burden in being Ken Burns. I just... I. I you. No, you know what? We don't make films about things we know about and want to tell you what you should know. We want to know about baseball. I mean, I grew up, this is the one pro the, uh, project that I worked on where I thought, well, I know everything about it because I grew up. I love it. I love it. And it was a daily humiliation for all of the four years we worked on it because I just realized how much I didn't know. So we're sharing with you the process of discovery. And so the onus is on us to collect the right scholars, to correct the right commentary, to find the right archives, to arrange it in a way and to spend the years and years, 10 years on the Vietnam thing, seven years on our country music. I mean, jazz was a huge, huge, huge thing. So we, you know, we're we're struggling along to to be able to take it and hear years later that it meant something to you and that you've just made my day, Glenn. Boy, this is a big day for me, Ken. This is is there anything at all that I could plug for you, sir, to thank you for taking the time for us? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just everybody support public television. Thank David Rubenstein for his extraordinary patriotic philanthropy across all levels, not just me. Um, you know, uh Harry Truman said, the only thing that's really new is the history you don't know. We're a country that doesn't teach civics anymore, and we're in big, big trouble because of that. Because in the Declaration, Jefferson is suggesting that we're creating a new thing called citizens. No longer are people going to be superstitious peasants or mm. subjects. And we're very close to returning to subjects and superstitious, not informed, um, you know, peasants. So be a citizen. Read your history. It's the greatest teacher. Ken Burns, truly an honor. Cannot thank you enough for taking the time for us this morning. Would love to chat with you again down the road. Thank you so much for doing this. Great to be with you. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. That's the great Ken Burns. Boy, that was cool for me, man. You don't get a lot of those where you like kind of get, like, I better be on my game. I, I better. You're talking to Ken Burns. It's one thing you talk to an athlete. Ken Burns, this is what he does. He investigates. He gets answers. You better know what you're doing when you talk to Ken Burns. I like felt like some pressure. Felt like I had a spotlight on me. You can't screw this up. It's Ken Burns you're talking to. I'm not kidding. Ken Burns taught me baseball. Like not you know three outs, not that. Taught me the history of the game. I was. I'm almost certain I was in sixth grade when baseball came. And like I remember I had a, a mentor 
figure in my life that was like in his mid twenties that went it was um from my parents' church whose name was David Robinson, one of the kindest, truly most remarkable people that I've ever known. And I remember him like getting us to sit down and watch baseball. Not the game, the documentary. And learning how it intertwined with history and you know he just brought up the fall of western civilization was uh, the giants and the dodgers moving out of new york like learning how american history intertwined with the history of baseball was just something that made me more interested in america and american history and trying to become more well-rounded because i loved baseball but i didn't I did not know, and I'm telling you, I would walk around singing that Jackie Robinson song, and like, I probably was the biggest nerd at Perry Hall Middle School because of it. They were like, "Dude, like, what are you singing?" It was because I watched Ken Burns baseball, and jazz is amazing, and Civil War is amazing too, and like everything, everything Ken Burns does. You you put Ken Burns' name on it, I'm inclined to watch it. Um, so truly, an honor and a thrill for. Ken Burns has spent some time with us, and obviously he he feels very strongly that we should be as excited as we think we are about David Rubenstein. That's I, I was trepidatious until Corbin Burns. Like I was trepidatious. I was like, I just need to see it. I need to hear from him. I need all those things. Then Corbin Burns happened, and I don't care that Michael Elias is like, well, you know, John Angelos is the point person. Clearly, there had to be involvement. Y- you don't just sell the team and then say oh and by the way we're taking on something else all good man all good what's next tell me what's next because i'm 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 ready to ride let's go i am all in on on what could be coming and look you know i have the i reserve the right to reconsider that down the road and what my opinions are about uh, the ownership group led by David Rubenstein, but certainly Ken Burns did nothing to throw cold water on our excitement. So appreciate him taking the time for us as we are. Um, that's, that is the good news about the sadness of football season ending. There were times where football season would end and we had truly nothing. I mean, nothing, nothing. Now we do have, we do have baseball. And that's not always been the case here in Baltimore. All right. Uh, today's show has also been brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, what's going on? Oh, you know what? Yesterday was a big... But it's always... It's always a place to like, be. You know, the NBA All-Star this exactly, weekend, exactly. all the big events Baseball that are season's coming up. coming up. March yep. Madness, of course, uh, the, the NCAA tournament. Uh, you'll want to be at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland uh, at Sports & Social because it features an on-site FanDuel location and it is the ultimate spot to watch your favorite sports on their massive 100-foot media wall. Order up your favorite game day bites, take a sip from their signature crushes and extensive beer selections all just steps away from the FanDuel Sportsbook. So watch, wager, and win at Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLING. Uh, two things I figured out. It was Mike Golick Jr. who said it about the Chiefs when he was on with us uh, the week leading up to the AFC championship game and the actual quote was they're the most resourceful team in the nfl and it was interesting because daniel valente on twitter here's patrick and he did, i wish he would have shared the numbers before patrick mahomes after the 49ers muff punt 
17 of 23 for 170 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You give them the in. You give them any ounce of life. And the comparison that Jason Cole made to the Patriots, I said the same thing. Like, this is what makes them Patriots-esque. There's other things, too, right? Like Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame coach, you know, Hall of Fame pass catcher. That triumvirate is similar to the Patriots. But the Patriots weren't always perfect. They were just better at taking advantage of you. You screw up, they pounce. The 49ers should have had the opportunity to build up a massive lead going into the half. But they just, it's not like they were doing anything inherently wrong. They just weren't taking advantage of the little opportunities the Chiefs were giving them. They weren't creating distance. They weren't separating. And credit the Chiefs defense for part of that because the Chiefs defense is really good. The moment the 49ers gave the Chiefs an in, a momentum-changing mistake, it was Ali Ali Oxenfree. And again, it's not like the 49ers were, after that point, it's not like they were screwing up badly. They were aggressive. They did good things. But this is who the Chiefs are. They're that difficult to beat. And this was a, a year in which they were to be had. And they were still this difficult to beat. Every team, the Dolphins didn't really. The Dolphins never really were involved in that game. But other than the Dolphins, every team that they faced in the postseason had the opportunity and failed. They took advantage. That's the way that it goes. Uh, Also, Deshaun Foster is going to be the next uh, coach at UCLA. Uh, since Chip Kelly left to be the offense coordinator at Ohio State, they promote from within former UCLA running back, and he was with the Texans. And I remember who else? Deshaun Foster. Did wait? Did Deshaun Foster? Did he play at UCLA? He played at um, Tennessee. He played. No, yeah, he played at UCLA. Did he? Who am I thinking of that was a running back at Tennessee? That now I was confused. Who am I thinking um, of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I'm sorry. I don't I'm know either. either but yes, he was at UCLA. So uh, he uh, becomes the head coach. He had been running backs coach there, and he takes over as head coach at UCLA. Um, are we technology wise? Um, What's the reality? Yeah, it are seems we like we uh, we may just uh, re- regroup with Jeremy later, uh, probably next week. Okay, yeah. so it is. Yeah. So it is. When we come back in, we will go over our Super Bowl prop bets and go over how they played out, some controversy afoot, who the loser was. Hopefully we will things will work around here. <laughs> Be really nice, right? Like what a thought. We'll do all that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. One of the things that's definitely wrong with this country is that this dude still has a job somehow, some way. Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Apparently, we might be able to catch up with Jeremy Kahn. That's what it is. We we push through. We try to find a way to uh, solve problems. That's who we are. Uh, Superbook. I'm, I'm just that technical. And, is that uh, you? Yeah, you, without even me. trying, was, no, you well, managed I, to fix was, the problem? I was doing a lot. It's weird, though, because at the point, I didn't see you do anything after the point where you said we couldn't. Um, well, that that's just how Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. Baseball futures bets are available right now at Superbook as we're all fired up about pitchers and catchers reporting this week. Orioles' third choice, along with the Astros and Yankees, to win the World Series at 10-1. to Tied with those teams, plus 450 to win the AL. However, they're only the second favorite to win the AL East. So maybe Jeremy can explain that to me. <laughs> they're tied with the Yankees to win the World Series and the American League. 
They're behind the Yankees to win the AL East. The Yankees plus 140, the Orioles 2 to 1. So I, I, I don't know. They have an easier regular season. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the uh, the t- win total at Superbook is 90.5 for the Orioles this season. So if you're thinking to yourself, there's no way they're going to be 11 games worse than they were a year ago, then get over to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 on a same-day first bet match, win or lose. All right, uh, joining us now here on GCR, of course, he is host on the Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan. You can go to ConcreteLocks.com, C-O-N-N, ConcreteLocks.com, and, of course, find him at the Green Turtle, where he is a sports betting ambassador. He is our friend, Mr. Jeremy Kahn, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? I'm actually um, at the Green Turtle in Towson right now. Uh, we're here to film something here real quick. Look at you. Um, at noon, yeah. So I'm just kind of hanging out on the, the rooftop deck. Nice, uh, a, lot of Jer- a lot of Jeremy Kahn on camera these days. It's that, you know what it is? It's when you have the body and the sexy yeah. face of Jeremy Kahn. They can't keep you off of camera. That's just the way that it works. You've got to share that no, with the but world. I- yeah, when you have a gift, you share it with the world. And obviously my gift is looks and physical features. So... Um, that's what I try to do. I just try to share it with everyone so, kind so of they you. can so, live vicariously through so me. So very kind yeah. of you. All right, so we... I do have an issue, though. Yeah. I, I have an issue. You want to talk about I have an issue the, with you... this, this national anthem because uh-huh. the right answer, and I'm not just saying it because I picked it, the right answer is the under. So... Um, I know what offshore books and some of these places are trying to do. More money came in on the under because the, the sound leaked out, and now they want to pay the, they want to pay out the over because it's less money to them. But the under is the right play. So uh, there is quite the controversy in our prop bet. This is just a side bet that we did for the week. Yeah. I, I, too, picked the under, so it would be good for me. Well, if who it, ended up losing then? I don't even know who lost. All right, so the losers both going to – because what we did, for those that aren't aware, the controversy related to the anthem is that Reba McIntyre sang the Brave twice, which mm. – Inexplicably. I have no idea what that is. Like I, It I'm, just also happened a couple years ago with Lady Gaga where – she finished the note and then did another. It was either Lady, I think it was Lady Gaga did the woo woo woo, woo you know, like yeah, the whole thing, yeah, yeah. the little run at the end. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. She finished the lyrics, so what is the call then? And it it becomes a pain in the ass. And it's almost like it should be a no bet. There needs to be something set in stone of what it is. But when so, I hear MGM come out and say, hey, look, it's, it's the under as soon as it happened. So um, I I decided that we would make it a no bet. This is the okay. difference in whether the under or the over would hit. The issue that I have is that, yes, I tend to agree, but we did not establish that before. So it would be unfair for me to now say, hey, this was always the rule because we didn't do that. And that's on me. I will take responsibility for that as the cheer tater in this cheer tatorship. I should have. So you're eating the sandwich? Is that what's happening? (laughs) No, I didn't lose. That's not the way it works. I didn't lose. Um, It's my fault, but somebody else. Well, no, I have to make it a no bet. That's what I. That's the only option that I have. Despite the fact that I would have won based on that ruling, it's not fair to those who did pick the over, KZ, Nick Kelly, and Ryan Shell, because whether we agree or not, the offshore uh, markets are paying out the over. So we gotta, we gotta, I gotta be fair. The fair thing to do is make it a no bet. And I did that, okay. not realizing that it, if it was going to hurt me or not. And then I got in today, and Griffin said I was safe. So um, I was. It was a tough day for me because I was tails. I was Brock Purdy interception. I was under on the longest punt. Uh, we were almost all of us were yes on a Kelsey. T- I thought I was cooked. 
I thought I was screwed. But thankfully, it was an even tougher day for Andrew Stecka and Paul Valley, who on top of everything else were both on the 49ers. Andrew Stecka kind of feels like Squeak from basketball. Like he's He's always there to be that guy when you need him to do God, something. I, love feels, him for that. I feel like you guys make him eat God, so much crap. I love yeah. him for that. And he had the chance this year because he, if you don't know, Jeremy, before the year, Andrew tried to quit the league. Yeah. He said, and You guys didn't let him. He said, Guys, <laughs> I'm out. And we said, Well, you're kind of the star of the league, right? Like, you can't Give it just. To Andrew, who eat anything? Right. Like, you can't just quit. You're you're the ba- you're the the, the 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 backbone of the entire yeah. operation here. Like it's it's but, the Andrew Stecka show. That's why we call like him ass. Part of it is all he does is have to not send in picks and he's out. But right. he, he somehow well, made him send in we, his picks. We came to an agreement that if he either won the league this year or spectacularly avoided losing, like going into last night was in last place. But ended up, you know, coming out of it and avoiding losing. We were going to let him out, but he did okay. neither of those things, so he's not out. He doesn't get to leave the league. Not so an good. option. So, um, yeah. So that's the bummer for him. But uh, good news for the rest of us, as uh, it keeps him around. And he Ugh. and and Paul Valley both finished with two wins, and both he and Paul Valley now have to consume this sauerkraut juice concoction with mayonnaise and consume two peanut butter jelly sauerkraut and mayonnaise sandwiches and oh they have to eat them they have to finish it that's the yes it's, that's that's it's not just try it it's finished no 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 you got to eat up baby we agreed to two that was what we sent out everybody agreed everybody said yes so there's no bailing now this isn't like you know when I tried I didn't to say yes, but I just assumed it was me being in. So. Oh, yeah, we weren't going to give you a choice I, either. Once once you decided I, to join this, you were not going to have the option of bailing. I've met you yeah. before. You'll put anything in your mouth. I know. So. Uh, you're talking about my college days. Yeah. Silly. Yeah, co- college. Don't tell everybody about that. College. Is, is that what you call it because you asked me to meet you behind Essex Community College a couple of weeks ago? Hey, if so, I'm on the campus, I'm in college. That's correct. So. That's the way that it works. Yeah. So, yeah, those two. And, uh, Griffin, you got to start because we got a few yeah. people that need to start paying off some punishments. So you got to start yeah. making it. Yeah, I got I, I to work mine out and figure out my All schedule. Right. But I will 100% pay off my punishment. All I was right. playing the, the songs for my, my son yesterday, letting him know what I had to sing. Oh, yeah? So, so, wait, wait, yeah. wait. So you're – which was it Peyton? Yeah, Peyton was in the car with me. Okay. So Peyton is – he's 23? No, he just turned 22. Just turned 22. Had he ever yep. heard of either Zombie or Nothing Compares to You before? Uh, you know, I didn't even ask him that. I should ask him because, okay. like, I put the song on, and I was like, oh, Prince wrote this. And this but I put on the Chris Cornell version because it's my amazing. favorite version of it. It's incredible. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. All right. Um, and so I played that for him. But, yeah, we, we spent the Super Bowl together, hit a lot of great props. Um, I what had was, the under, what so was I your, kind of lucked out What there. was your favorite win? The under in the national anthem. <laughs> um, no, so, well, I'll tell you the most ridiculous one I had, and I was like, so I like the 49ers to win the game, and so I was all over Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I was all over George Kittle. That was the one thing I got wrong. Um, but the one that got me the, the best was Brock Purdy had 13 rushing yards, and when they kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone, he had to come out for one kneel down, and that put him under the number for his rushing yards, and I went under. Whereas wow. I think everybody else and their mother went wow. over because he ran for all those yards last week. So, um, 
Yeah, so that was that was the lucky one. Uh, and I had a Pat Mahomes interception, so I was the only guy jumping up and down celebrating once he threw a pick. Um, so I bet that, and I had Pat Mahomes rushing over. I had his uh, longest rush over 13 and a half yards. Um, I had McCaffrey's numbers. I had McCaffrey being the leader in receiving, uh, total receiving and rushing yards. I had first pass completed for McCaffrey, which it was juiced up, but it was a great play because you knew they were going to run something safe. Uh, and they ran something to Kyle Juszczyk on the second play or third play, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the props hit. The only thing I missed out on was George Kittle and a couple of the anytime touchdowns. It was kind of a, outside of McCaffrey, who I didn't bet, was a bunch of goofy touchdowns, right? Like um, people you didn't expect. Yeah, I was a sucker on a few things. And this is, again, why I should maybe I, – I talked myself into last week after perusing some of the props that the absolute best prop was – would the final score be a repeat of a previous Super Bowl final score? And I read it and oh. I said, my God, there have been 57 of these games. Like, there's only so many scores that there can be. So I talked myself into this being, like, the most obvious bet that you should make. And then I went back and looked and found out there have actually only ever been three repeat scores in Super Bowl history, which is crazy to me. And then, sure enough, of course, it would be 25-22. I'm so sure that's a real football score. I'm yeah, so sure. 25-22. Yeah. God. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just think about it. So the one thing that Vegas couldn't have happened, like it hurt them going to overtime because all the teasers pay out. Um, you know, they were so good with the number that any way you tease the game, you won. So that hurt them. There was so much money on uh, the 49ers at the beginning of the year to win the Super Bowl. That offset a lot of the Chiefs' money that they got. The one thing that couldn't happen is that the 49ers win by one. And ironically, in the fourth quarter, there was a way that that could have happened. Or even in overtime, if something goofy happened and somebody went for two, and then the Niners end up winning by one, that would have just destroyed Vegas yesterday. So um, kind of an odd day, but uh, you know, the, the game was weird. I, I was talking about how you sometimes make your luck, and it just feels like the ball bounces Kansas City's ways in, in these games. And I, I think sometimes that's, that's just because they're so good, we feel like it's going to happen. And then typically it does. I mean, that, that punt changing the game, um, I, I thought Kansas City was dead in the water. But, you know, it's the same thing we always say. San Francisco was kind of letting them hang around. Is I thought they were dominating the game, but they were only up one score. So Yep. It's just, I, look, man, it's not to me that the Chiefs are that are, – are so the, – the word uh, Mike Golick Jr. two weeks ago came on before the AFC Championship game and said the, the, the Chiefs obviously aren't better than the Ravens, but they're the most resourceful team in the NFL. And if you give them an inch – they're taking a mile. And everything was going the 49ers' way, despite the fact that they weren't playing perfectly, right up until that punt. Right up until one game-changing error, and the 40, and the Chiefs are the most capable team in the league of pouncing. Like, they're good. It's not like they're not good. They're obviously good. Their defense is very good. You know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are excellent. Andy Reid's awesome. But outside of that, they're kind of like any other team. But they yeah. are they are resourceful as hell. They are as opportunistic as any team that we have seen since the Tom Brady Patriots. And you give them that opportunity, they're gonna make you pay for it. It's so crazy how good they are. Yeah, I, it's like I, I, everybody's like coaching different. You play different. Yeah. You go for it on fourth down. You make decisions you wouldn't normally make. And even when you get it, it's still putting that pressure on you to get that stuff done. You feel like you have to because they're so good at everything else. And, like, I just get tired of hearing people say it. Like, people today, like, somebody came in the studio and was like, yeah, I took the Chiefs. You, you can't bet against Pat Mahomes in these type of games. Yeah, you can. Yeah, of course right. you can. But, like, 
you know, but he's right though, because they ended up winning the game and it's so strange in these moments, how he just seems to get it done. Um, but more importantly, what did you think of the halftime show? So, okay, let's talk about it. Hang on. Before we do that, just one thought. What did you, with the decision to, um, to, that, that Shanahan made to take the ball first in overtime? I got to be honest. I didn't know all the overtime rules either. And, and I feel like I have a good grip on all this stuff. They keep changing everything. I think the NFL and the competition committee changed three or four things every single year. So, um, I didn't mind it knowing that the overtime rules were, uh, that both teams were going to get the ball and have a chance to score, even if there was a touchdown score. So I have no problem taking the ball first, but I don't, I want to know what they do. So I know what I have to do. So I would have deferred. That's what I, I, that's where I am too. I, again, I think your point is well taken. I don't think it's insane that he took the ball first. And I thought his explanation of, well, Hey, if both teams kick field goals then we want to be the team that has the ball after that with a chance to go score and win, it's like, it's a sound thought, but as we saw, they faced a fourth down and didn't know that they needed to go for it, so they kicked the field goal. The Chiefs faced a fourth down knowing they needed to go for it, converted and kept the drive going. Like I just think that there is an inherent advantage, and remember that if both teams score touchdowns, you can also go for two. So I, I yes. you know, uh, to me, I, I think it was the, the, I think it's the right thing to take the ball second, but I don't think it's crazy, and I don't think it's wildly one way or the other. Here's that's, my, that's where I'm at. Like you, you could put the pressure on them if you wanted to. Like some people prefer to do that but i right. just think the smarter thing is to defer but anyway here's my issue with halftime usher's great i love usher i love usher and i want to go see him in baltimore this summer because i love him i'm going to say the same thing i said about rihanna who i also think is great i don't need 10 seconds of a song i don't like 10 seconds of a song I, this is I, this is the tiktok generation man like i was talking about this with yeah. griffin earlier I, I i'll never understand if i like something i don't want less of it I remember, I think I've commented in my life on YouTube videos like three times ever. And one of them was a group of like legitimately all of my favorite musicians partnered up with that group playing for change and recorded mm-hmm. Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone. And it's like Robert Randolph and Citizen Cope and Jack Johnson. And oh, good. I mean, it's insane. And if you've never seen it, go seek it out right now. It's incredible the version of everyday people that they do. And I went, I loved it so much that I felt inclined the first time I heard it to put a comment on YouTube. And the comment was, there's a serious problem with this video. It's that it ends. And that's <laughs> how I feel. It's audacious that, that that video ends. That They didn't just say, hey, we could do a four-minute version of this or we could do a 25-minute version of this. And I'm yeah. not trying to suggest that Usher should have done like a 25-minute version of Yeah, but I don't need... 10 seconds give me pick three to four songs that we love obviously yeah would be one of them but like you know whatever else you want to pick my boo that you know do whatever you want to do give me three minutes of those songs and then if you want to do like two or three where you're given a quick hitter on that's fine but like let me love the song that i love yeah, I, I, see, I get that, but like, I, I guess with the the Super Bowl and and you know, with with the halftime show, you're trying to get as much in as possible for a career. Like, I was laughing at my brother. My brother was like, "I don't want to see this halftime show. Put on Def Leppard and Heart." And I'm like, "You might be the only one in yeah, ten other people that want to see Heart at the Super yeah, Bowl." Correct. So, like, I, you know, like with all due respect, and I'm not trying to trash Heart, but but like, you know, I think they're trying to get out as much. I do like all the. Um, uh, the the people that are popping like I love seeing her she was great Jermaine Dupri and his kids outfit was awesome um, you know like 
I, I didn't realize it was Will I Am at first, and then all the other cameos that came along with it. I thought that was great, man. And the Alicia Keys stuff, I love her. I, I just think oh, she's amazing. So incredible, uh, incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I know, like, the thing that people have to get. A, I think you're a lot like me. You like all different types of music, right? Yes. You can listen to a. So, like, I, anybody they pick for the halftime show is probably going to be for me. You know, like, because I like all types of music. I know there are people that just listen to rock or hip hop or pop or whatever. When they bring up somebody else, like, I don't get when people just crap all over. Like, oh, nobody wants to see this. No, you don't want to see it. You're in the minority. And, like, if you can't good, though. Dude, I I went and watched every show that they did on the Disney boat that I was on a couple weeks ago. And I promise you, that's not necessarily for me, but I can recognize they're amazing performers, right? Like, these are incredibly talented people. I, I. like I, I'm trying to think if there's been a halftime show that I I just was completely checked out. I was not excited about Maroon Five. I will acknowledge that. that. I was not. Oh, I love Maroon Five. Like I, I love songs about Jane. I think songs about Jane is one of the best records of the 21st century, frankly. But everything post songs about Jane has been a big meh for me. Like I know oh, Moves Like Jagger was was my <sighs> was my summer jam for a while there. Oh, I mean, come that's, on. That's like sad. how good is that? Sugar? I mean, are you kidding me? Sad. Actually, hey, you, want, I you want me to keep? Uh, what's the What's the one? Telephone? What's the What's the the anim- the animal song I didn't hate the animals I didn't, yeah I did animals. not hate that song that song animals, baby I'm animals. praying on you tonight I didn't hate that song that song was all right um, but most like of it part. most of it post songs about Jane I was not a fan of and then the bummer was like I was incredibly excited about the Justin Timberlake halftime show in Minnesota and it was not it was meh like it was just yeah. just fine and nothing more than that and I was all in on that. Um, I just love songs. Like to me, I I associate good times in my life with songs, and that's the disappointment. Yeah, the way part. music makes us feel, right? And right. I think it just like when I told people, look, I, I host a sports talk radio show, and and I love sports and sports have been my whole life. But if you ask me what I know the most about, or yeah. what I would love to talk the most about, it's movies and music. Yeah, like more than anything else. And and it's so strange. Like I, I can think about all the different times and what songs meant to me. And I was thinking about it the other day. If I had to list five songs to try to like describe me what would i Shoot. what would i list you know Shoot. but it's so tough for it's it's i mean but like when you think about music it's been such a big part of your life and when i grew up i tell people this all the time my the first two cds i ever got were um uh i, I ended up getting the platter's greatest hits and steppenwolf's greatest hits <laughs> wow that's what i got wow. that's, my that's, musical that's pretty good that's pretty good yeah. well i like i it's funny because i can almost associate everything with the time of my life like i remember the first time a girl like I, we were driving around and she was singing like "You Make Me Wanna" came on the radio and I remember this girl saying, "This this song makes me think about you," and like my heart like jumping through my chest because I was way into this girl and she had a boyfriend and she was telling me that like the song we're leaving leaving your man makes you think of me. I'm like, oh god, you know, like yeah. I I can associate times in my life with so many of these things but songs uniquely and that's why it bugs me to not do the song right like just do the song i love the, i don't love a, the, the idea of the song i don't love the concept of it i love the song give it to me and that's the only disappointing part about all of it also prince told us how to do a halftime show how dare we like how da- we're yeah, spitting in the face the of god ever. like i get it no one can ever be prince cuz there's he's prince but like the concept the, the the way to construct and curate a halftime show you don't know better than he does. I promise the you that. The guitar was his penis. Correct. The guitar was his penis. And we all guys. wish that we could. Never mind. All right. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
All right, so what fills the void for you now moving forward? We were talking about this earlier. I like we're, we're all, I know you love the NBA more than mo- mm-hmm. the average person loves the NBA, but it's still very. Di- I like the NBA too, and the thing Saturday night was cool, even though it happened against my team. Um, <laughs> like I, I just can't pretend like I am jazz, like I am focused on any one NBA matchup. That I'm just like yeah. hell yeah, that's gonna get me through the next couple of days, thinking that I'm gonna get that this weekend. I'm in the minority here. I know that. Like February's never been a big bother for me just because I love basketball. So, um, you know, tonight I'll be watching college hoops and some NBA games. Uh, we've got some great Big 12, SEC, Big 10 matchups coming up all week. So, like, that's what gets me through. But I'm indifferent like a lot of other people because basketball's in my blood and I just love watching it. I could watch it all day. So, um, but, yeah, it does kind of suck. I know, like, like look, pitchers and catchers, we, we interviewed Brandon High today. Pitchers and catchers report on Valentine's Day. So, like – we got a lot of cool stuff coming up, yep. and this is going to be a fun, fun season. I heard you had Ken Burns on the show. Did you ask him about Corbin? Yeah, his cousin Corbin. No, I didn't ask yeah. him about his cousin oh. Corbin. Yeah, dude, that was – I got to tell you, man, I don't know if you ever feel this way. Like, that one was really kind of neat for me. I've never had Kevin Ken Burns on a show before, and I had this moment when I was like – I. I because sometimes you know how this goes as an interviewer. You know the gist of a question that you want to ask. But you didn't, like, script it out. Like, here's the direct way that I'm going to read it because that's not what we do. And then sometimes you realize that maybe you you took 20 seconds to ask a question that you could have asked in five. And I... I felt like pressure because this is Ken Burns. Like this is what he does. He knows. Well, the good for you, the good thing for you is you didn't have to share the floor with them really, because like that's the hard part when you get a guest like that and you want to make sure you get everything in. Like with us, with three people on the show, oh, it's like yeah. okay, you get yeah. one, you get one, you get one, yeah. and then you're like, am I going to get another one in? Am yeah. I going to get it? So yeah, yeah, you really you can't ask any of like the getting to know you questions in that circumstance. You kind of just have to get to the get to it, right? Like get to the point. Yeah, because... like is Corbin going to be good for the Orioles or not? <laughs> right. Like tell us, <laughs> right? So, yeah. Oh man. All right, buddy. What uh, what all can we plug for this week? Yeah, so um, February twenty second, I'm at the Green Turtle in Towson right now. I'll be up here for one of our gambling one hundred ones. I think it's really cool. You get a free $10 bet for coming out, so you get paid to listen to me talk. I give you my plays for free that night, and you decide what you want to bet on. So um, you can ask stuff as generic as what's a parlay, what's a point spread, or we can get into stuff that's a little bit more important if you're advanced, like ROI. And, right, um, do, the, know, car- do the carpets games, match the drapes. For. Yeah, the, the important stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So, yeah, so we'll be doing that. Uh, Ed, Rob, and I all week long um, kind of breaking down the, the Orioles now and switching gears and probably having a primary, uh, primary focus on that. Uh, of course, at JCon Sports is where you find them. Concrete Locks with two N's, ConcreteLocks.com. Always appreciate you. Love you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. It's Jeremy Kahn, Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan, and all of those other locations in which you find Jeremy as well. I, like, I do. I love the NBA. It's not. I think people think that I don't love the NBA because I don't talk about it much. I love the NBA. If we had a team in town, I'd talk about it constantly. We don't. There's, it requires something galvanizing in order for us to have reason to talk about the NBA on this show. I, I would love to sit around and talk about the Phoenix Suns. What audience would I be doing that for? Force everyone to turn I mean, into a like, Suns fan. But like yes. I, I, I get it. I do enough of chasing people away because like I, <laughs> I, I won't suffer through. Let's fire everybody. Like I do enough of that. I don't need to chase people away. Or like, hey, I like talking about 
college basketball, like other local sports. Everybody's like, yeah, we don't care. Like, you know, I do enough of that. What's I don't need with to. UMBC and. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I'm st- and I'm always going to be that way. And I think some people appreciate it and, you know, tell me that. And I other people. I, I know that there are people that do appreciate it. And we don't try to kill you with that. I wanted to do a lacrosse thing today. It didn't work out. Maryland was trying to find a player for today because they beat Loyola on Saturday. And um, it just didn't work out timing wise. But I, I would like to do it every week to because I again I think that we cover local sports so we should cover local sports novel concept what a, what an idea what a country but I'm not gonna uh, sometimes you know Griffin and I after these conversations like on Tuesdays I realized it's a lot we're doing college basketball and we're doing high school sports that's that can be a burden at times for a listener so if on a Tuesday somebody also suggested another you know, non-Ravens or Orioles guest, then I might ask that we move one of the other segments to another day. Because I do understand. And I, I do, I get it. I'm like pulling the curtain. You want to see how the sausage is made? And who doesn't like watching sausage be made? Um, so, I, but I can't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, the NBA, I can't. I thought the thing Saturday night, again, as a neutral observer, was awesome. It's Steph Curry, being Steph Curry. If you're a neutral observer, the joy that you have gotten from watching Steph Curry play bad, I'll never understand somebody. I, the fake hate that we did because Kevin Durant went and played for the Warriors. Well. And we pretended like that was the moment that ended basketball as if it wasn't just the 80th super team that we had had. Like, my God. We had watched the Celtics thing. We had watched the Heat thing. We had done all of it. And then all of a sudden... It was Durant going to the Warriors that was the one. Because they had won. Because there is some apparently was, some sort of rule system yeah, to whether or not is. you're allowed. It's no, you're dumb. Love you. God bless you. That's ya. when I stopped. You're my guy, but you're a stupid idiot. Whoa. And so was uh, my boy Kyle Ottenheimer. It was like it, his brain like melted down um, over the concept. Yeah. I mean, I'm still. There have been a watch. million super teams, but that one like made people. Steph Curry just playing basketball has given me about as much joy as almost any individual athlete that's never played for one of my teams. It's it's Ichiro like, right? Like I have so much joy when I think about Ichiro because it was just fun, man. I I know I was talking about this with the uh, reader the other. I think I've shared this thought on this show before. I know LeBron James is great, but look at him. He's supposed to be great. He's built like a tight end. Steph Curry is our size. Not exactly, but not far off. He's like three inches taller than me. That's unbelievable that he is this great. It doesn't mean that LeBron James is less. I'm not trying to say it means that, like, you, you weigh it pound for pound to decide who the greatest player is. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in terms of sheer amazement and wonder, it's not that wondrous to me that LeBron James is great at basketball. It's remarkable. And him continuing to be very good this deep into his career, it's all incredible. Steph Curry is short and skinny. He has no business being this great. And yet, so I just, I, there's a joy that comes along with it, despite the fact that, again, he daggered the team that I love. 
on Saturday. And I still found myself saying, damn, man. <laughs> damn. Steph Curry doing it again. But I wasn't thinking all week about the Suns-Warriors game. I wasn't on Tuesday like, what's going to get me through this week? I got to be honest, football helps me get through the week. Like, you know, you've got stuff that you love coming up that weekend. I'm excited that lacrosse is back. I like lacrosse, but it doesn't get me through the week. I Even with baseball, and as much as we're excited about baseball, and don't get me wrong, I'm over the effing moon. No one game besides opening day, will carry you. You'll be excited that you can spend the night watching baseball. Like You get, you actually get very sad when you get to an off night. Right, yeah, you're like, man, like, what? God, what? it feels empty. Um, Did I watch the Nats tonight? But it's not like you're looking at any one game, and for a week, you're like, yeah, but I'll just get to Saturday. Now, maybe there'll be a little bit more of that with Corbin Burns and having, like, an ace that's pitching and... You know, especially when he pitches at home, like maybe the, there'll be a bit more of a feeling of elevated games. Got Champions League this week, of course. I, I, dude, I was so the Champions League final when I was in college because I didn't know anything about it. I had a room, my roommate in my freshman. That's, year. that's almost like how I got into my, soccer. My roommate the same way. My roommate, just my college, freshman just... year, was on the soccer team at UMBC. Oh, and the team. So then I ended up hanging out with the soccer players a lot more. My buddy Matty Signs, love Matty. I wish I could track him down now. I have no idea what's going on with Matt. I've tried finding him on social media a bunch of times. No luck. Um, but I would hang out with the guys from the soccer team, and like one of the dudes was from Scotland at the time, and was like trying to explain the Champions League to me. And again, like I'm I'm 18, and I've all I've ever followed is American sports. So trying to explain the concept of like, well, they're in this one league, but they're also in this other league. And, well, which league is more important? Well, this league's their league, but this league's, like, the real... It's very difficult. But the way that he treated the day of the Champions League final, which at the time was a midweek uh, game. It would be, like, on a Wednesday oh, yeah, I afternoon. Do, I guess they do the final one. Now they moved it... Uh, I don't know. Is it Saturday, Saturday. It's a Saturday yeah. thing now. And I don't remember Just how long ago it was they moved it. They moved it... It also used to be one week after the semis. Now they take they do, like, the Super Bowl bid. Where they do some dark, there's some downtime because the semis, I believe, are still midweek, um, and they they do some downtime and then to try to hype up the Champions League final. But man, it was a holiday, dude. Like we would shut down the dorm, <laughs> and so I tried to keep that the spirit of that going for like years, and then even that I had to realize I had to tap out on because I was a fraud. I didn't have a club. I didn't care. Right. It was exactly. Just, it was just for the sake of the event. I just wanted an excuse to not go to class. Like, that's all it was. That's a good excuse. That's all I was looking for. Um, yeah, so the NBA, I, I would say we are fraudulent. This is a straight shoot. We can say that we like the NBA, and we'll get by the t- when we get to the conference finals, that'll help on Sunday night. Sunday night is the worst because then the Sunday scary is kicking, and football is the eternal anecdote for Sunday scaries. For if you dealt with anxiety in your life. The, the, the presence of football prevents you from having any time to think about anything else. On Sundays, you're just watching football all day. So then football ends, and then you're like, oh, crap. But then it's like, all right, well. But there's nothing. There's right. nothing. You can convince yourself. Like, I, I can't even turn on the NBA All-Star game. Like That won't even get five seconds of viewing in my life. The, the Oscars will be after that. and like, Yeah, I mean. 
it sucks. I, if I I'm really to, doing nothing. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It'll probably end up going on because what else would you watch? But they suck. They, they give half the awards to hair and makeup. It's it's not compelling. It's not and, you know the, when the, when when Will the, Smith gets slapped or, right, or yeah, you know Chris you, Rock gets you slapped. You want to know about it because you right. Like I'll know. Um, the musical performances are largely of songs you don't give a rat's ass about. This isn't like the Grammys where they're playing the biggest songs of the year. They're playing songs that happen to be in movies. Like I I still don't even care about the Billie Eilish Barbie song. Like I get that it was a huge hit, but I don't care about it. I'm sure she'll play it at the Grand, the Academy Awards. I think Shallow was like the only time that... Well, we don't talk about Bruno. It was cool. They did do that. Everybody knew that one. But it's rare. None of these things will fill the void until the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. That weekend, the void will be filled because we all are all yeah. in. But it's just for that weekend. After that, we don't care unless your team's involved. I love college basketball. Once I the conference col- tournament starts... I love college I, I basketball, it. too. for the conference tournament, it's, too. It's fine, but it's you don't actually care the same way. It's not covering up... You can't tell me right now who won the SEC tournament last year. You don't know. It was, uh, well, assuming Alabama won, right? Yeah, you're assuming. <laughs> you don't know. Definitely won the regular season. Who won the Big East tournament? Um, Last year? You would did, assume did that Butler, it's UConn, but yeah. you don't know that. I feel like Butler made you don't, a run. You, was that two maybe, or three years ago? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. You don't know. Truth be told, it's the same way with the NBA playoffs. We're going to go on about how we're all in come the Eastern Conference Finals, but you don't know with certainty who was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So, yeah, huh? <laughs> exactly right. You're pretty sure. For a second, when I was I was wor- working through this routine in my head yesterday, <laughs> for a second, I blanked on who lost to the Nuggets in the finals last year. I remembered very quickly; like it didn't take me m- more than ten seconds to remember. But for a second, I blanked. I was like, they beat. Marquette won the Big East last year. Yeah, there you go. You had no idea because you're a fraudulent fraud. Not a fraud. No, you are. Who knows? I'm not saying you don't like college basketball or you don't like the (laughs) tournaments, but it does not fill the void. You, You care because it's happening, not because you really care. Like, it's happening, so you get into it. And I, I dig that. God bless you. I love the horse races every year. I can't tell you who won the horse races last year. I don't remember. See, they didn't win the year, Triple Crown. Yeah, they didn't. So I, it's out of my brain quickly. We we care because it's happening. And so in the moment, it's something to, to be interested in. But we don't actually care. Nothing can replicate football. Nothing. It just don't work that way. Nothing replicates football. Butler's never made the Big East final, by the way. So, so you're a, you're on top of being a fraudulent fraud. I mean, they you're definitely also made like a semifinals a lying run. They definitely made a semifinals run so. recently. If you say so. All right. Um, is there anything else we needed to cover today? Uh, good? I don't think so. Ask me. Ask me more about conferences that I probably won't know who won last <laughs> no year. No idea. Just if you I get one no right. Clue. <laughs> Do you have? A, uh, I'll, you want me to pull up a list? Uh, we don't have to. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get this it right. This will be I'm tidbit. Probably not gonna get it right. This will be the first tidbit. First tidbit is brought to you by uh, Goose Flights. Is who it's brought to you by. Goose Flights available in cans at uh, all of the Glory Days Grill locations in the state of Maryland. Also available at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane, and available at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton. Available in cans and six-packs at Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North, Costa Sin and Dundalk. Six-packs and cases at the Wine Source in Hamden. 
Goose Flights is not only a delicious beer and an awesome collector's can honoring the late Tony Saragusa, but it honors him even beyond that as 198 from every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation and the work that his family is doing to continue his legacy and providing non-emergency medical transport for those in need. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. All right, so last year, who won the... UConn won the... T- won, won I know they won the national championship. They won it all. Name the other Final Four teams. Uh, FAU. Yep. San Diego State. Yep. Miami. Okay. Okay. That wasn't bad. Yeah. That wasn't yeah, bad. I know. I mean, it was kind of an obscure Final Four grouping, so yeah, it's yeah, a little so bit more memorable in that way, but like, still, still, I, I'll give you that. I'll give it to you. Who won the... Uh, who won the... Big Ten tournament last year. Um, Purdue had to have won it, right? They did. Yeah. They did. Purdue did win it. Uh, who won the Big 12 tournament last year? Ooh. Kansas. Texas. Wow. Wow. Who won the Pac- oh, Talk about frauds. Yeah, right. <laughs> who won the Pac-12 tournament last year? Um, Let's see. That feels like, uh, I guess it, Arizona was good. Like Arizona. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it would have been my guess, too. Yeah. Like, why, you're not going to go down without guessing Arizona. <laughs> Who won the a the American tournament mm-hmm. oh, last that had year? Be Houston. It was not Houston. It was Memphis. Wow. Yes. Good for Memphis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good for Memphis for winning a tournament last year. <laughs> Dynamite. Tip always it. have that. Oh. Who won the ACC tournament last year? Um, Carolina. No, no, not Carolina. No, because they weren't very good last yeah, year. They yeah, they were. Um, yeah, didn't they miss the tournament altogether? I last think year? so. Did Duke miss it last year? No, Duke. Yeah, Duke. Duke, Duke made it. I think. I think Duke made the tournament. Um, Duke didn't win the ACC, though. Let's see. Who won the ACC? Did, like, uh, Virginia. Duke won the ACC tournament wow. last year. What were they seeded last year? When did Duke lose? I don't remember. Who won the uh, Mountain West tournament last year? Um, That had to be San Diego State. It was San Diego yeah. State. Well done. Uh, those are the only conferences. Nobody. There's no way. The CAA. Uh, who did? Who Charleston. Won? You know what? Yeah. You are right about that. Charleston won the season. I feel like I might have better luck year. with some of the smaller ones just because I know. Who won the America the... East tournament last year? Vermont. Of course. Yeah. They always win. <laughs> Vermont. They win every year. Who won the Atlantic 10 tournament last year? I think they're a one bid. I think they were a one bid. I think were one bid? I don't remember. But yeah, VCU I think did VCU win. Did win. VCU yeah. did win that tournament. I got I got nothing else. I got nothing else. Who won the MEAC last year? Let's see. Who did win the MEAC last year? Man. Norfolk State. Howard. I think Norfolk. Oh. oh, no, Hampton's out of the MEAC. Norfolk State's still Yeah, Hampton's Sorry. into the CAA. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's what it is, man. You're a fraud. It's not, no. again, no disrespect for, to you. We're all frauds. We're, we're, it's, we all do this. We're like, yeah, we love this thing. But we don't, not like foot, nothing replaces football. And baseball no. does, but only your team. No one cares about the Sunday night baseball game that week. There's too many games. True. That game doesn't stand out in any way. Football is the only sport. It's the only thing that can provide us the thing that like lasts for the whole week and keep making up players on the Sunday. I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. But let's be realistic. It's not the same. Not at all. All right. Uh, Uh, You want to do your side of tidbit? Uh, yes. Griffin's side of tidbit (laughs) is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is still available for like ten more days. Not even quite ten more days. Uh, Any of your local. Royal Farm stores, all the hundreds of locations around town where you find the press box boxes. And you can always read it online, pressboxonline.com. It's the annual best of issue, and it is going soon. So go get it right now. 
so Travis Kelsey, he had six catches last night, uh, and he is now tied for the longest streak to starts in NFL career with uh, six catches in these first three Super Bowls. So three straight Man. games to start his career. He is tied. And a lot of people haven't played in three Super Bowls. Yeah, so he's tied with two others, and then one at, person has at more. At least six one catches play. in three straight Super Bowls to start their career. Yes, and then one player has more four straight. But hasn't he been in four Super Bowls, Kelsey? Yeah. No. Yeah. Because yeah, the they lost one. Oh yeah, you're right. They did lose one. So, so he that had doesn't make a lot of. Did he not play in one for something? Each of his first three Super Bowls. This doesn't make sense. Oh, this was before the game started. Okay, they were, oh. they were sending this out. So, okay. did he have six catches last night? Yeah, he ended up. Okay, with so it's time for first right? now. It's time for first now. I didn't do so well with this one. <laughs> we got um, there. We arrived. I guess. Okay, so name the guys that have three. Jerry Rice. <laughs> Jerry Rice. Yes. Michael Irvin. That's three. Uh, not Michael Irvin. Drew Pearson. Not Drew Pearson. Andre Reed. Not Andre Reed. Uh, 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 Proctor wants Gronk. Yes, Gronkowski had four, of course. What about uh, Edelman? Kelsey is tied with. Uh, no Julian Edelman. Already got Jerry Rice. Ha ha. <laughs> um, Edelman was a good guess. Rams didn't get the three, did they? They only got the two. Mm-hmm. Man, the actual tough part is coming up with people that were in three Super Bowls. Uh, Art Monk. Not Art Monk. Is there another Patriot? Wes Welker. Wes Welker. Yes, Wes Welker. Those are the four guys with uh, three straight Super Bowls with six catches to start their career. Welker, Rice, Kelsey, and Gronk. Uh, Proctor also said, I I think what happened was that Reba herself had the over, realized she was a little (laughs) quick, and then added two words to make sure she got her payout. Well, I hope she didn't bet at uh, MGM. Because then she, she did get her pay. She definitely huh? went offshore. You think she's an offshore yeah, gal? Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, Reba. Uh, also, Juwan Jennings, he became the second player ever to throw for a touchdown and receive a touchdown. Oh, I did see this. Touchdown Crap. In the Super Bowl. Was it Edelman? No. No? Oh, my God. I saw this last Passing night. Passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. It's going to drive me nuts. It was... It was... Oh, my God. I saw it all over Twitter. This is gonna drive me crazy. I'm not gonna give you hints. You gotta, you gotta get this one. Passing touchdown and receive. Was it, oh, it was Nick Foles, Nick right? Foles. Yeah, it was yes. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, yep. Juwan Jennings. I'm like, it was a quarterback, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Nick Foles. Philly, Philly, Philly. Yeah, yeah. Right? I put my, I put a, I put a really, I put a dollar on a uh, Chris Conley MVP bet. I thought there was a good chance if Chris Conley came down with the with a touchdown catch that they should give him the the MVP. Had had he caught that, had the, I, and the Niners won, yo, obviously. I mean, Chris he Conley was having a game. game. I definitely was talking about. that. I was one. glad I got the Chiefs live at plus three fifty when they went down ten zero. Okay, not so bad. I good about that. Not not bad. Uh, Remember that uh, I bet them before the game. That too, so. Buccaneers Rams playoff game from a couple years ago, where the Rams were up huge. The year they were going on to win the Super Bowl, uh, okay. and it was Brady's. Oh, this was Brady's. Uh, not his last year. It was penultimate season. It was before he retired the first time. <laughs> um, they were down massive in that game, and we were doing an event at a Live Casino and Hotel, and I kept saying like, "Yeah, those numbers are way too juicy for me." And I kept making more bucks bets, and they ended up losing this one. Yeah, I mean okay. they came all the way back. Oh, that's only yes. to lose. Okay. 
right? Like they were down huge. I wish I could remember all well, the circumstances. Well, that was what I because I bet on the, the I did the same thing in the NFC Championship. I bet on the Niners live when they were down fourteen okay. zero. Then they go down. It was like yeah. it was twenty one zero or whatever. Was it seventeen? Whatever it was. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. Keep going. Go on, keep. Going. I decided I was not going to keep going, and uh, they still came back anyway. So. Shoo. Ooh. All right. Um, uh, John Little Rock says, I think, oh, I was apparently thinking of Arian Foster. That's who I was thinking oh, of. Oh, yeah. Like Tennessee. Were. Definitely confused. But I knew Deshaun Foster went to UCLA. I don't know why I suddenly. Yeah. But I, I definitely was like panicking about my Fosters there for a second. Way too many Fosters. It's not Foster Farms, though. The Arian Foster Farms Bowl, which was a legendary bowl game. I I don't know why, but my son Foster Farms is a good bowl sponsor. On son, my son on Saturday was like asking me about every city and whether or not they have a bowl game. <laughs> it was a very weird. Then he was like, "And who won? And who? Who won the Birmingham Bowl? That's what we should do." I, mean, I definitely had to look it up for him on Saturday. I don't know. Um, also says, "Thank goodness I have real football, racing, and the O's to keep me occupied." I. Yeah, we got UFL coming up, right? No, he he of course means soccer is what he's saying. No, right? yeah, UFL, has, yeah, that's, that's XFL, what we've got. that's what we've got. That's WrestleMania. What we've got. I'll watch WrestleMania. Roman Cody, what's the Rock gonna do? Don't know. We'll find. The out. last Foster Farms Bowl was 2017. Who won? <laughs> sure. Uh, Tennessee. Uh, not Tennessee. UCLA. It was a great game. Was it? Yeah. You say so. The Foster it was Farms a Pac-12 bowl, team that won. Yeah. It was a Pac-12 team bowl. Uh, Stanford. Uh, no. USC. No. Oregon. No. Washington. No. Oregon State. Typically not. They were good this year in they the Pac-12, but typically year. not a good Pac-12 football team. Washington State. No. Arizona. 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 38 to 35 over Purdue. How about that? A thriller. Yeah. And one of those Purdue quarterbacks was probably part of it. Blau or... Yeah, one of the guys. That one of the guys we were just trying to figure out last a, week. Yeah, that was almost. Yes, correct. That may or may not be the Big Ten's because who knows who the actual big time all time leading passer is. All right, uh, tidbit was also brought to you by. Oh no, I think yeah, we David can, Blau was the quarterback. David Blau, look at that, David Blau. Actually, Tubular is brought to you by Toyota. Of course, we do County Sports Zone Radio every Tuesday, so it'll be back tomorrow. And CountySportsZone.com is your headquarters for local high school scores, schedules, and standings across all sports. CountySportsZone.com is proudly sponsored by Toyota. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. Of course, the only local team in action. It's also a, r- a rough week for tubular, too, on top of everything. It, is. it really is. Tonight, Towson takes on Elon, 9 o'clock on CBS Sports Network, needing a win. Tigers after dark. Bit of a rough, rough week last week for Towson. Yeah. Losing to Hofstra in Delaware. They got to right that ship a little bit. Um, uh, big Monday games on ESPN. Wake Forest, Duke at 7. So you maybe Duke will lose, and that'll give the country joy. We could use that. Kansas and Texas Tech at 9. Uh, if you want, if you're all in on uh, Juju Watkins now from USC, the USC women host Arizona tonight at 9 on ESPN2. She's quite good. Quite good. Monumental for Wizards Mavericks at 8.30. NBA TV, Nuggets Bucks at 8. T-Wolves Clippers at 10.30. USA for Crystal Palace and Chelsea at 3 o'clock. WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Non-sports? No. Michael mm-hmm. Michael Sarah will be on a... Uh, well, I do love Michael Sarah. Fallon. I guess talking, just talking about his lotion. Commercial, yeah, yeah. That's almost certainly what he's going to be uh, doing. He's, got, he's in uh, the Amy Schumer show that comes out. Uh, uh, Beth and... Be- Life and Beth. Oh, I watched the first season of oh, that. Yeah. It's not, like, funny, funny... It's like a serious show that traipses into funny. 
and allows Michael Sarah to be a weirdo, which is what everybody always wants. From, but it's like a different kind of weirdo. He's like a lumberjack weirdo. It's it's weird, man. I don't know how to explain Season it. Season two coming up. But I watched it because I'll watch a lot of things. I'm about to finish Breakpoint on Netflix, ah. or at least be caught up. So I'll be looking for something else that someone suggests to me. Reacher. Because I got caught up on Loki. Oh, uh, you really no, you've you been push you've been pushing me about Reacher. Maybe. I don't have a lot of other options. I'm you like, love Alan Richardson. Oh, Richard I did try. I, he was a great guest, and I did love uh, Blue Mountain State. Yeah. Um, I did give uh, Louder Milk on Netflix a shot because some people suggested that to me with Ron Livingston. It's again, it's a weird, it's a dark comedy. That's, also, was that a movie or no? It's a, a okay. show. Um, I don't love it necessarily, but it's it's pleasant. It kind of reminds me of that Ricky Gervais show that uh, Jeremy talked me into watching that I can't even remember what it's called. They're all dark, like dark comedies are the thing now. Like make comedies out of death and addiction and awful th- turn into comedies somehow. Yeah. Like they're just dark comedies. It's fine. I it, it's pleasant. I'll keep watching it. <laughs> I don't I don't ever stop watching things. So. Another one of my friends watched uh, Saltburn over the weekend. Oh, oh and oh he my God. said, and he he texted me. He's like, because we were talking texting during the Super Bowl, and he was like, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, go watch Saltburn. So and get back to me. And I was like, I don't think I'm gonna do that tonight. So. I just, <laughs> I was out. Uh, Mrs. Clark and I did our Valentine's Day on Saturday night, oh. and I, I was going to check. She asked me something. She I wanted went, to watch Sulphur? No, no, not at all. We were at we were at the, the the steakhouse. We were at a steakhouse on Saturday night, and she asked me to look something up. And I grabbed my phone and I looked down and I have a text from Drew Forrester. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> weird. This is 7:52 p.m. on Saturday. The person who thought of and wrote Saltburn has to be incarcerated somewhere. <laughs> no sane human would walk the streets after writing that. Uh, and then our buddy Zach Seidel from UMBC told me that the last scene of the three improvised. Um. So this, well, the, which ones are we talking the about? The one... You've seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. But I, I mean, I've seen basically. I mean, I've heard. I, the, I can just essentially piece this movie together. The grave scene. Okay. Improvised by Barry uh, Kogan. Uh, Kogan, which is good. Wild, wild man. All right, I can't e- wait until now. I can't wait until I watch this. Movie. <laughs> Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. Go find it there. Thanks to everybody, uh, or thanks today to the great Ken Burns. That was cool. Thanks to Jason Cole. Thanks also to Jeremy. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow, Patrick. <laughs> I hope Towson wins tonight. <laughs> or else gonna it's going to be really difficult to talk what about was, college basketball. Really difficult. 11 and a half. Ooh, okay. Super book. Um, <laughs> if you had been paying attention earlier, I, I brought that up. I, yeah. yeah, it's it's okay. Just want to revisit it. Yeah, is that what it was? Towson needs more airtime. Uh, we'll do we'll do County Sports Zone Radio tomorrow and uh, stuff and things. Stuff and anything lined up for tomorrow? Stuff, stuff and things. things. Great. Stuff and things. Great. We will uh, try to try to do better. Thanks, everybody, PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Towson. Duke sucks.